It's six o'clock, I'm Simon Oxley. The headlines, Bedfordshire Care Home staff suspended, British pensioner sentenced to 350 lashes and Luton MP to highlight prosecutions for prostitution. BBC Three Counties Radio. Six members of staff from a Bedfordshire nursing home have been suspended whilst investigations are carried out into alleged poor care after a camera was hidden in an elderly resident's room. Matilda de Silva's daughters say hiding a camera above her wardrobe at Crossways Nursing Home in Renhold was a last resort following concerns about staff behaviour. More from Jessica Cooper. 85-year-old Matilda has dementia. Her daughters say they're shocked by the footage they've seen in her room, which allegedly shows some staff being uncaring and problems with communication. The home has told us it prioritises maintaining high-quality care for residents and it's working closely with the relevant authorities to carry out a thorough investigation and the Care Quality Commission says they'll continue to work with the local authority to ensure that people using the service are safe. The Foreign Office says it's actively seeking the release of a British pensioner who has been sentenced to 350 lashes in Saudi Arabia for breaking its strict laws on alcohol. Carl Andre, who's 74, was arrested in Jeddah in 2014 after homemade wine was found in his car. He was also sentenced to a year in prison. The Labour Party has made a sudden policy change and says it will no longer support new rules which would commit future Governments to maintaining a budget surplus. The move has angered some of its own MPs. Last month, the Labour leadership said it would back the government's fiscal charter. Figures on the number of prosecutions for prostitution are being highlighted by a Bedfordshire MP as demonstrating an unfairness in the justice system. The Labour MP for Luton South, Gavin Shuker, is raising the issue in a debate in Westminster today. More from Carol Abercrombie. Gavin Shuker says figures from the Crown Prosecution Service show that between 2013 and 2015, more than 1,000 faced soliciting and loitering charges, whereas less than 500 were prosecuted for curb crawling. He says that demonstrates more time being spent bringing the sex workers to court than those who are exploiting them. Dutch accident investigators will publish a report today into what caused a Malaysia Airlines jet to crash in Ukraine last year with the loss of nearly 300 lives. Flight MH17 was travelling from Amsterdam to Kuala Lumpur. Ten of the victims were British. Police have issued a warning to motorists who filmed the aftermath of yesterday's crash on the M1 in Hertfordshire. Traffic officers say they saw between 40 and 50 drivers using their phones, with three leaning out of their windows with both hands on their phone. Police say all the drivers were themselves being videoed. The three-car crash happened just after one o'clock between junctions four and five and resulted in four people being taken to hospital. In sport, England's cricketers start the first test against Pakistan in Abu Dhabi this morning. Play starts at seven o'clock our time and England's footballers made it ten wins from ten qualifying matches for next summer's European Championships with a 3-0 win in Lithuania last night. The weather mostly dry and sunny with a chance of a shower also a cold wind, maximum temperature 13 degrees celsius and you can get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is Guggen Garawal on BBC Three Counties Radio. Hang on, I'm being slick. Hang on, hang on, I'm being slick. Hang on. Slick. 
Yeah. I've made my iTunes small. How do I make it big again? Anyone? Anyone know? Playing with my iTunes while a song is playing. This is very, very dangerous. This is Colin Berry. Look 
Here's, um, she's on the red microphone. That'll be Kelly Betts then. Good morning. Now listen, while the cat's away, the mice are going to be running all over the shop. Catherine has got a case of, I'm going to phrase it delicately, the sh- the trots. Mm. She's got the trots. So I'm confused. So you're Kath. Yes. Dishy Danny is you. I'm Kelly. I'm Kelly. Well, why aren't you speaking into the wrong microphone? Go, go to the other microphone. Go to the other microphone. Go, 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 go. Oh, for crying out loud. Go to the other one. Go back to the other one. Yeah, go, 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 go. That's it. Okay, is, can you hear me? Um, it's I'll just, go back to the other one. You go back to the okay. other one. Yeah, go, go, go. Right. It's just not working. No. Really. So that idiot's you. Yes. Okay, fine. Who's Dealey? Dealey. No, but who is he? Um, I've been meaning to ask that for he's, years. He's tall. He just comes in with a microphone and shoves it in people's face. He anyway, doesn't actually work here. Mm, I know he does it all for free. Uh, now let's do this, and then we'll uh, then we'll uh, <laughs> then we'll have a little bit of fun. <laughs> a family. Yeah. This is a very serious story. A family were so concerned about the way their mum was being treated in a Bedfordshire care home, they set up a camera in her room. Allegations of mistreatment are now to be investigated at Crossways, a nursing home in Renhold, and six members of staff have been suspended while investigations take place. Matilda de Silva's daughters say hiding a camera above her wardrobe was a last resort following concerns about staff behaviour. Kelly, um, why do they put the camera in the room? So Matilda's children, Elizabeth and Carol, say they had ongoing concerns with the nursing home and they'd spoke to staff about their concerns. Their mother is 85, she has dementia and is bedridden and she's been living there for about three years. They said they decided to hide the camera after hearing two carers speaking to a resident in an abusive way and they said they felt it was a last resort. Um, The camera, so they hid the camera in a bag above the wardrobe and recorded over a number of days but mostly at night and the sisters said it shows staff going into their mother's room removing her bell and not listening to her but their main concerns are with communication and staff having an uncaring attitude and they are they've decided to move Matilda from this home and so they want recruitment processes to improve and and make sure staff are caring and for all care homes to have cameras yes, as a permanent well, measure. Now this is the thing this is some see this as being controversial as having uh, installing cameras in in uh, rooms in care homes, I don't. 
I don't. I, I've considered doing it with my mum. There was some yeah. some um, some dodginess was going on. Oh, that, that was it. A load of money got nicked. A load of money got nicked from her safe, and the police. There wasn't enough of the police to go on. And the care home um, said, oh, yeah, we, we couldn't find out who it was. We got it down to six people. Right, OK. Uh, who are those six? We can't tell you who they are. So that person's still working there. So I considered yeah. putting a camera in there. I've got no qualms about putting a camera in there, as long as it's not being broadcast to everyone. The thing is, if the care home did it, yeah. could the family have access to the camera whenever that would, that, they wanted? It would, ha- would have to work like that. My, the first nursery my boy went to, they had cameras in, in um, the rooms, and you got um, like a, a password and you could log in and you could watch at home. But it's well, anytime. Easy. Anytime, any place, anywhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was comp- in fact, no, you couldn't do it on your phone. You had to do it on the computer, I think. Um, uh, and it was, you know, it was safe and it was secure. I don't have a problem with doing that in care homes, really, as long as it's only being seen by the family. And it's not, um, you know, it's for the. It's a shame that we'd have to do it. Oh, three, four, five, nine. Blah, 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 blah. Uh, what have the nursing home had to say? Uh, they sent us a statement saying. Of course they did. Yes. Our home has a long standing reputation for providing high quality care for residents. Maintaining those standards is our priority in all actions we take. We are currently working closely with the relevant authorities to carry out carry out a thorough investigation while this is underway it would not be appropriate to comment further okay um and uh, what of the are we you're allowed to put cameras in aren't you um they say in, this is the care quality commission yes. don't they they say they say they've issued guidance on the use of hidden cameras to monitor care given to elderly and vulnerable people vulnerable people in hospitals and well care done. homes. Well Thank you. It said the person receiving care must give permission and if they can't, you must think about whether you're acting in their best interests or not. Okay, we're going to speak to Matilda's daughter later on. I don't, I don't have... I know that no one's actually listening at quarter past six. That's why we don't really put much effort into the first 15 minutes of the show. Um, but there can't be anybody objecting um, to that, can there? No. Oh, Sorry. no. What? No, they can't. Okay. Why can't I never get you? Because you are an idiot. Thank you. Um, so the Rolling Stones gather no moss. The Rolling Stones... Oh, hang on a minute. I've got a joke brewing. I've got something brewing here. Have you? So the Rolling Stones... Oh, this is so annoying. Mick Jagger and Keith Richards mm. were um, meant to pick up... Thanks. Went, meant to... Get you like this, Danny. Yeah, you like this, Danny. Okay. The Rolling Stones... Keith, well, Keith Richards and Mick Jagger were meant to pick up um, um, a supermodel, right? Mm-hmm. And... Um, Where'd you get those? No, from her apartment, okay. Mm-hmm. And when <laughs> they went to pick her up... No, so the, so Mick Jagger and Keith Richards turned up at a, a concert, a rock concert, empty-handed. And Charlie Watts said, I thought you were picking up um, that supermodel. And Keith Richards and Mick Jagger said, no, no, no. Rolling Stones gather no Kate Moss. Yeah? Travel there. Yeah, I think it is. I probably should do uh... travel news for beds, cards, and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. It's quiet so far this morning through the roadworks on the M1. They're in both directions between Junction 12 for Politic and 11 for Dunstable, so expect some delays there later because there's a lane closed each way. In Waddesdon on the A41, it's fine there too, but the roadworks on the High Street at Baker Street could cause some delays later. And it's better queues in St Albans later on the North Orbital Road between the Park Street roundabout and the London Coney roundabout because of a lane being closed there in each direction. In Neeston on the North Circular Road, it's starting to build up already between the Neeston Interchange and the M1 at the Staples corner flyover because of the roadworks there. There's no reported train problems so far this morning. Samantha Bruff, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Sammy. There is a story about the Rolling Stones. We'll get to it. It's important. It's about how technology is ruining our lives. 
6.16, Tuesday the 13th, unlucky for some, of October. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. Six members of staff from a Bedfordshire nursing home have been suspended after a camera was hidden in an elderly resident's room. The Foreign Office says it's actively seeking the release of a British pensioner who's been sentenced to 350 lashes in Saudi Arabia. And Luton MP Gavin Shuka will tell the Commons today that more time is spent bringing sex workers to court than those who are exploiting them. Every weekday from three. It's not just about what we bring you. Starting off on the M25, it's particularly heavy moving anti-clockwise. It's also about what you bring us. In the end, I could only eat off my ironing board. Your stories. Every room in the house was just was climbing over mountains of rubbish your humor there's a reason why you earn the big bucks you see that sort of insightful comment is exactly right your opinions well the culture's got to change because the police can't do it and the, uh, the traffic wardens are so busy so the culture has to change I think parents do change into uh, different human beings when they are picking their kids up roberto peroni and everyone across beds hearts and bucks weekdays from three on bbc three counties radio
left in. Of course we will. We just eat more. And buy really expensive ketchups with it. That's right. All the fanciest ke Dijon ketchup. <laughs> <laughs> if I had a million dollars. If I had a million dollars. Well, I'd buy you a green dress. But not a real green dress. That's cruel. And if I had a million dollars. If I had a million dollars. Well, I'd buy you some art A Picasso or a Garfunkel If I had a million dollars If I had a million dollars Well, I'd buy you a monkey Haven't you always wanted a monkey? If I had a million dollars I'd buy your Morning, guys. Now, a Bedfordshire MP will today raise the issue of unfair prosecutions for prostitutions in a Westminster debate. Oh, I'm a poet I didn't realise. The Labour MP for Luton South, Gavin Shuker, claims that twice as many women are being, as arrest being arrested for soliciting as men are for curb crawling, and he says that's unfair. He also says the figures demonstrate that more time is spent bringing these sex workers to court than those who are exploiting them. Justin Dealey's got more on this. What do these vi figures um, show, Just? Morning, boss. Yeah, Gavin Shuker has uh, compiled some figures from the Crown Prosecution Service. Now, these figures compare prosecutions of women caught for soliciting with prosecutions of men caught for curb crawling or paying for sex. Now, if you look just at the specific offence of soliciting, the figures are not actually that high. But when you include the figures for loitering with the intent to solicit, then the figures, which the CPS have put together here, uh, they can be found in the same act of parliament then the figures are actually much higher to give you an example in 2013 to 2014 there were 553 prosecutions for soliciting and loitering and 456 in 2014 to 2015 that compared with 237 and 227 for okay. curb crawling in the same periods. Uh, what does uh, Gavin Shuka say is the problem? Well, he says that these figures demonstrate that more time is being spent bringing the sex workers to court than those who are actually out there exploiting them. And he's not the only one as well. There's also a campaign called End Demand, which is calling for much more emphasis to be put on actually prosecuting the men who are out there paying for sex. They say that prostitution only exists because of the demand for it. And the only way to end it or to reduce it is to criminalise the act of paying for sex. Gavin Shuka and the End Demand campaign, they say that prostitutes, they are the victims here and that we should not be prosecuting them. They also say that since the 1990s, paying for sex has become a lot more common. Interesting fact here, with one in 10 men, which is pretty high, uh, now admitting to actually having paid for sex. Those are the ones who would actually admit that. I'm sure the real figure is much higher. Uh, what's the picture locally, Just? 
Well, we know that in Bedfordshire, the police have a policy of not arresting any women for soliciting. Uh, they say they follow the National Police Chief Council's guidelines. Uh, Sir Gavin Shuka believes that Bedfordshire is doing a good job in following those guidelines, but clearly these figures show that many other forces, they're still arresting women for soliciting or loitering. And if you speak to residents in Hightown and Luton, and let's not forget we've been there many, many times before, boy, oh boy. they say that they want the women to be arrested for soliciting soliciting and that the police aren't actually doing enough to tackle the problem. Later in the programme, you'll be talking to uh, Gavin Shuka and also a local resident from Hightown. Shazad Kazam, well. of course, for those. Yes. I know that uh, the Shazad Kazam has a, has a big fan club. A lot of people online like to hear <laughs> his, uh, his thoughts and his views on this. He'll be on later on, as mm. will Andy Day from CBBS. He's not in any way implicated in this <laughs> prostitution story. I'm just kind of throwing four just in to, yeah, to, to yeah. what's coming up later on in the show. He's going to be on about half past eight. Now, listen... Mm. Well, uh, there's a really <laughs> the front page of the sun just shows how amazing um, uh, I've, I've, Photoshop or just my camera never lies anymore well the, it does there's a picture there's a story about a doctor a lady doctor who's had it away with a couple of patients she's been struck off mm. um, and uh, yeah make your own jokes and on the front page she looks absolutely stunning Absolutely stunning. Then you, you you go to the page where she's um, um, in court and she looks not particularly stunning. So that that's yeah. an interesting aside. But listen, this yeah. thing about the Rolling Stones, right? Yes, yes. So, and, and it's kind of written in a really snarky way that we're supposed to laugh at these old men and go, oh, these old men don't know what they're talking about. 70-something Stones, something's their age, can't work the hotel telly. The band, uh, given that they began touring back in the early 60s when the height of home technology was a black and white TV, it's perhaps not surprising that the Rolling Stones struggle a little with many gadgets to be found in a modern hotel room. The band um, have demanded that clear written instructions on using the TV and the air conditioning are provided by hotels when they tour. The Stones had apparently experienced problems in the past and did not want to ask staff how to get things running. Now, it's all kind of, um, you know, it's all written in a slightly snarky way. I've been in hotel rooms or in offices or, you know, where I've spent ages trying, well, how the flipping hell do you turn, I can't even turn it on. Well, you can't get it to the right channel. I can, but I can, I've lost the original remote control for my TV, so I've had to buy one of those kind of... Um, oh, universal ones. The universal oh, ones, they're right? they're awful. Well, it's, I can't get into the menu. I can't get into the menu to change the settings, Justin. Yeah, absolutely. And you know what? This story, they are picking on legends. You leave those boys alone. You you name me somebody else who can go into hotel rooms every single week and work the TV. No one I don't can. know one person. No one can. You, well, you, when Boss tries his, tries to use the new technology to do like a PowerPoint or something, yeah, yeah she hasn't got a clue and she's, she's bought it. Yeah, She's probably read the instruction manual. <laughs> Technology. Justin, can you take this to the streets, please? Technology that we have in our homes that we cannot work. Technology that's ruined your life. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much, Justin. Speak to you in a bit. Take care. Bye. Ta-ta. 03459 455 555. If you see your brother standing by the road a heavy load from the seeds he sowed And if you see your sister falling by the way Just stop and say You're going the wrong way
down and out Lend a helping hand Instead of doubt And the kindness that you show every day Will help someone along their way Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. It's starting to get busy on the M25 anti-clockwise between Junction 21 for the M1 and 19 for Watford. And a bit further afield clockwise on the M25, a lane's been closed after Junction 26 for Mabby because of lorries broken down. In Neeston on the North Circular Road, there are queues building up between the Brent Cross flyover at the A41 and the Neeston interchange. In Bedford on the A6, there's temporary traffic lights for roadworks going on at Clapham Road, so expect delays there. And looking at the speed sensors um, just south of Dunstable on London Road, it's looking quite slow from Old Hill heading towards Beach Road. On the trains, there's no reported problems at the moment, but if you're using the train to get to the London Underground and planning to use that, the service is suspended on the Metropolitan Line between Baker Street and Oldgate because of a signal failure at King's Cross St Pancras. So that means there's also severe delays on the Circle Line and the Hammersmith and City Line. Samantha Braff, BBC Three Counties Radio. Sammy, thank you very much. Adrian, of course, has done the perfect joke about the Rolling Stones. If they hadn't spent so many years throwing the hotel TV out of windows, ageing rock stars might have figured out how to use them. Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's 6.30, I'm Simon Oxley. Six members of staff from a Bedfordshire nursing home have been suspended after a camera was hidden in an elderly resident's room. The Foreign Office says it's actively seeking the release of a British pensioner who has been sentenced to 350 lashes in Saudi Arabia. Luton MP Gavin Shuka will tell the Commons today that more time is spent bringing sex workers to court than those who are exploiting them and police have issued a warning to motorists who filmed the aftermath of yesterday's crash on the M1 in Hertfordshire. Traffic officers say they saw between 40 and 50 drivers using their phones. Three Counties Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. England's cricketers start the first test against Pakistan in Abu Dhabi this morning. Play starts at 7 o'clock our time. Moeen Ali will open the batting. Spinner Adil Rashid will make his test debut. England's football has made it 10 wins from 10 qualifying matches for next summer's European Championships with a 3-0 win in Lithuania last night. Former MK Dons midfielder Delhi Ali made his second sub-appearance with one of England's goals, an own goal by Watford keeper Gidrius Arlauskis. Here's England manager Roy Hodgson. The 31 goals scored and the three goals conceded in the ten games and ten games unbeaten. It can't get better than that. And hopefully also we'll learn from the matches that we're playing now against against Spain and France next and then Germany and Holland. And uh, they're more likely, if you like, to show up 
any defects in our game than we were able to see today. Hemel Hempstead and Hitchin are both out of the FA Cup after losing third qualifying round replays last night. Hemel lost 2-1 at Sutton. Hitchin lost 2-1 at home to Enfield. In the National League tonight, Boreham Wood begin life without Ian Allenson with a home match against Aldershot. Allenson resigned as Wood boss yesterday after seven and a half years at the club and says going full-time didn't suit his own career. We made a decision a couple of weeks ago to, to go full-time in terms of training Monday morning, Thursday morning, Friday morning. And obviously I've got a full-time job here and it just didn't work for me. Um, I typically go over three weeks, um, but just felt that I'd lost a little bit of um, hold of, of, the, of the club in terms of me being in charge with the first team. And Toaster Racecourse Chief Executive Kevin Ackerman has been banned from racing for six months after being found guilty of corruption. Ackerman laid bets against a horse knowing its jockey aimed not to win. The Toaster Racecourse board said it would support him in an appeal. BBC Three Counties News and Sports, the next full bulletin is at seven.
Morning, guys. Morning. Ertsby Avenue. Lesby Avenue. 03459 455. 555 is the telephone number if you want to give us a call. Cath's away, and while the cath's away, the mice will be running all over the shop. So Kelly's cath, Dishy Dave. No, Dishy Dave. Well, why the hell not? Is um, uh, playing the part of Danny, who's also playing the part of Kelly this morning. And it's it really is. Um, it's It can only be described as a humdinger of a show so far. I mean, and by humdinger, I mean stinker. Uh, Duncan Ballantyne's doing The Jungle. I got asked to do The Jungle three times. You know what I said to them each time? How much? And um, they said, we don't tell you until you've agreed to do it. And mm. I went, ah, I'm all right. Thanks very much indeed. What, do they tell you it, roughly how much? Like, is it tenner? It would have been about £80,000. Wow! And that's just, it doesn't matter how long you go no, in there I said, for. I said to them, I said, look, if I get voted out first, do I get the same amount of money? They went, yeah. I went, hmm. That's, why don't you just go in there for an hour and be like, oh, I can't, well, you I can't if, take this. No, if you walk out, then you don't get it. Oh. You've got to be voted oh, out. That's the thing. You've got to be voted out. Former Dragon's Den star Duncan Ballantyne has signed up for a I'm a Celebrity. He's skint now because he um, got, like, divorced, didn't it? The entrepreneur and you love, <clears throat> let's be careful, Nigora Whitehorn. Hang on a second. Nigora Whitehorn. I mean, it's just, there's just so many. Mm. <clears throat> uh, 35. 35? He's 66. Will also be joined by several of his six kids. Oh, they'll be in the, the hotel, I'm guessing. Um, uh, uh, uh. I don't know if Anyway, I like Duncan. He was my uh, my gay choice for quite a long time, Duncan Bannatyne. Oh, what uh, happened? He uh, he turned me down. He turned mm. me down, which is um, which is a shame. But um, yeah. there you go. There's not a lot in the papers today, which is um, which which makes things a little bit difficult because um, oh yeah. So the story yesterday, right? The front page of the Sun. Hang on a second. John has uh, tweeted, uh, mate, I'm listening. Do we have to guess the three counties? I'm going for Cumbria, <laughs> Somerset and Norfolk. No, it's no, it's not, I'm afraid. It, it, it isn't, but but thank you. Please try again. Um, so the front page of The Sun was about this fella, right, who um, went to a football match and he pretended, he pretended to uh, that he was disabled enough to require a wheelchair. He didn't. He's like a triathlete or something. He's oh. mega buff. Sorry? Mm? He's mega buff, right? Oh, I'm not reading that text out about his wife's back massager. <clears throat> that sits in his wife's bedside cabinet. He pretended to be disabled, right? And now he's got, looks like he's going to lose his job. I don't think he's done anything that bad. I've already got in trouble online for saying all this. The football fan who pretended to be wheelchair-bound... So, wasn't that a song by Simon and Garfunkel? So he could get <laughs> front-row seats at the Merseyside Derby has been suspended. He's been suspended from his job. They should be... First of all, right, what they should say, when he comes in 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 the office, go, Oi, 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 and then they hold the paper up. Oi, oi. And then everyone has a laugh, and then the boss says in front of everyone, no, but seriously, that was out of order, right? That was bang out of order, and you can't be seen to be doing that. That brings his company into disrepute. Into my office, right? Then they go in the office and he says, right, I had to say that down there. It was a little bit naughty, but actually I think it's really funny and fair play, you've used your initiative. I like that. We're going to bung an extra 50 quid in your um, your Christmas box. Mm. This is probably why you're not 
a boss of anything. Could be. Could, that could be one, well, one of the reasons, and the other reason is, um, well, it's, it's still uh, an ongoing court case, so I shouldn't really dwell on it. <laughs> Leisure centre worker Jake Danner, 23, borrowed his disabled granddad's ticket to the match. The amateur triathlete of Dorset was exposed by the sun, but he told us he would do it again. Weymouth Swimming Pool and Fitness Centre manager Rob Slocum said we're taking the matter very seriously. Jake has been suspended from his role at the centre pending further investigation. I think that's a bit harsh, and I am going to tell the story about what happened. I'm going to tell half of the story about what happened in a swimming pool yesterday. Okay, what what half? I took um, the <laughs> the top half. <laughs> <laughs> so I took my boys to the leisure pool, and um, as always, it's a very very trying experience. It's a very trying experience. And halfway through, it dawned on me that the youngest actually wasn't very well. We had to keep getting out and going to the toilet. I thought oh, he's not very well. The second time we got out to go to the toilet, I should have, I should have um, called off the swim. But mm. it, swimming these days is so expensive, so expensive. Um, and we came down a water slide, a short water slide. And as he came down, how do I say? There's no, let me say this very delicately. He puked up in the water. Now, now, mm. at that point in the story, everyone says, oh, what did the staff do? And I have to say, well, I didn't notify the staff of his um, his stomach upset for several reasons let me explain first of all it was very watery yes it was beige but it was watery mm. there was no th- there was no solids in it okay yep. so there was that primarily it was down my arm obviously when I put my arm in the pool to wash it <laughs> you, you're surrounded by water don't pull a face dishy, Dave. You know that swimming pools are... They are and this has been proven by DNA. They're 86% urine. I don't know, because I can't swim. You two should get married, but not go on an island together because you can't swim. Mm. That'd, be, you... that'd be bad, because then our children wouldn't be able to swim. It's not a genetic thing. It's, <laughs> it's, it's learning. I mean, it's genetic but for we ducks. Can't teach them. I can teach them. I know how to swim. I just have a fear of water that won't oh. allow me to. Like, I know oh, what I, I have. Did, to, I thought you didn't I know, know the movements and huh? I have to do. Oh, I know the movements, but I've never tried it. <laughs> Kids, you days. This I, is I the problem, it's... right? This is this is why we need Rolf Harris back. Hmm? He encouraged. Yes, he may have. You know, but he encouraged us to swim as kids in the 70s and the 80s. There was an advert of him. That, oh, I thought you meant he encouraged you to swim so you didn't have to watch him on telly. He was trying to get away from him. No, he he was. That th- this is why we need. We don't need him, but we need. Who's the modern equivalent of Rolf Harris? I know Neil Buchanan, big star. Yeah, you know modern. Neil Buchanan. Heart attack. <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah. Huh? About 10 years ago, isn't it? Shut up, man. He's yeah. like popular with the kids. All right, he's still cool. All right. Um, the, the fellow that you've got coming on later, Andy Day. We mm. need Andy Day from CBBS. To uh, encourage you lot, the kids, me to swim. For I mean, you're like a teenager now, so you want someone like Terry Christian or, or, or Katie Puckrick or something. You know, someone who's kind of speaks your language to teach you how to swim. That's what you require. Anyway, he puked up. Oh yeah. Mm. And that's not all he did. But I'm not even going to go there. And um, I, and I looked down, and it, it dissipated, literally within 20, 30 seconds. It had gone. Mm. And I thought, yeah, I'm not going to tell anyone about this. There's nothing to fish out. The, so much chlorine in the in the pools these days that just really mean that it, um, it would have gone just like that, mm. just like that. Danny, mm. what's your problem, mate? No, it's just it's just gross. What's your beef? No, that's what I said to my son. What's your beef? Because it was floating all over the place. <laughs> it was really. Uh...
Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. It's starting to build up on the A1M southbound between Junction 8 for Stevenage and 7 for the A602. And on the M1, it's very slow southbound between Junction 10 for Luton Airport and 9 for Redbourne. And on the M25, it's looking busy from Junction 21 for the M1 and 19 for Watford. And a bit further away on the M25 clockwise, a lane's being blocked by a lorry that's broken down just after Junction 26 for Waltham Abbey. There's no reported problems on the trains, but there are problems with the London Underground if you're using that to travel into London this morning. So on the... I can't find it. On the Metropolitan Line, there's no service uh, between Baker Street and... Uh, sorry, there's no service on the Metropolitan Line at all because of the problem at King's Cross St Pancras, which is causing severe delays on the Hammersmith City Line and the Circle Line from King's Cross St Pancras. Samantha Bruff, BBC Three Counties Radio. You are right, hun. I'm fine, thank you. You're having one of them days. You? No, I'm having one of them days as well. We'll get, we'll get through it, don't worry. We'll get through it. But I would suggest, dear listener, if you have anything better to do for the next two hours and 15 minutes... Probably should go and do it. Uh, 6.45, it's Tuesday the 13th of October. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. Six members of staff from a Bedfordshire nursing home have been suspended after a camera was hidden in an elderly resident's room. The Foreign Office says it's actively seeking the release of a British pensioner who's been sentenced to 350 lashes in Saudi Arabia. And Luton MP Gavin Shuka will tell the Commons today that more time is spent bringing sex workers to court than those who are exploiting them. Let's get the weather! Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Good morning. We have got high pressure dominating our weather for the rest of this week. However, it does not mean wall-to-wall sunshine. We've got one or two showers just skirting their way in through parts of Bedfordshire at the moment. There's a line just moving west, so they're coming in from the North Sea and coming across country, so we could get one or two showers today. Some bright spells, sunny spells between. Quite a chilly start this morning. It's not going to get too much warm with this brisk northeasterly breeze, making things feel quite chilly from time to time. Maximum temperature getting up to around 13 Celsius. Overnight tonight, still some showers possible, again, particularly um, as they come in from the east. So further east you are, you're more likely to get those tonight. Minimum temperature further west, pretty chilly actually. Clear spells, 5 Celsius, 41 degrees in Fahrenheit for tomorrow. Still a lot of cloud around. Chance of the odd shower, again, more likely to be the further east you are. Chilly northeasterly breeze, temperatures similar at 13 Celsius, and that's your forecast. Do you like to keep your eye on the weather? Do you like to record the changing seasons where you live? Does the science of weather fascinate you? We have high pressure in charge of the weather. That means lots of sunny spells around. There's something new coming to BBC Three Counties Radio and we need your help with it. You'll need to have a computer, smartphone or a tablet and access to the internet. If you're interested in taking part, send your contact details to 3cr at bbc.co.uk. So after hearing that last time, I was going to buy like a little weather centre for the... What the hell are you eating? You make me want to puke. Banana. OK. Um, I was going to buy... What the hell are you eating? You make me want to puke. Half of Kelly's other banana. How many bananas are there? One. Well, he's in part two. I'm sorry, two. no, I got that wrong. It's half of Kelly's banana. This is why, this is the thing I was saying earlier on. There's, there's someone's been convicted of a murder that happened 24 years ago because of advances in technology, which is why you can never murder anyone now, right? Because 24 years ago, you didn't... Flipping it, that is disgusting. What? Who did that? Was you guys me? did, yeah. You're just you. nom, nom, nom. Am I, I finished? Then why have you got puffy cheeks? <laughs> I haven't. That's just my face. Okay, it's the mumps. Um, so, uh, 24 years ago, you would never have considered 
It's disgusting. Can I just? Can I just? Can I just? Okay, it's gone. <laughs> but now you got like you got bananary mouth. It's all it's all um, clarty. You can it's hear it. it's all it's just mucus. It's but it's clarty. It's mucus. When I move my mouth, like... oh, you make me sick, right? And now your jacket's noisy. What is going on? Am I tripping? Yep. That would explain Justin, that. Justin, you there? What? Hello. Um, so I was gonna. You can't commit a murder now because who knows? Twenty-five years ago, you didn't expect that there would be DNA technology, right? Um. So what technology are they going to have 25 years hence? They're going to have, like, um, like holographic 3D um, um, venereal imaging or something like that that's going to be able to just... You, you'll, you'll put, like, a... It'll be like a scanner. It'll mm. be like a sort of app. And you scan it over the body, and it will recreate the last um, two minutes of that person's life. Wow. That's, that's really good. That's going to happen. I think what will happen The thing is, is... no-one will have it because no-one's going to pay 99p for it, so it'll <laughs> flop. Somebody... Um, the technology would be so clever that when you're about to murder someone, you'll just dissolve. What? But that's... Well, that's from murders in the future. I'm talking about a murder now oh, that see. gets solved 25 in, in, years' in time. Right. And I can't go to prison at the age of 67. Well, I'm going to die. There's no chance... There's, the reason I can't is because there's no hope of me getting out... So I'm just going to become a bad boy. So I'll, I'll just be a bad boy. I'll just become a gangster in prison. If I go to prison at 67 mm. for life, yeah. so it's 20 years, 87, mm. well, I won't, go, I won't make 87. I like the high life. I probably have, I, I like the, the rich cheeses, the clarets. So I'm just going to become a, um, a bad boy in prison. Just don't do it. But I want to kill him. He's annoying me. Whoa. <laughs> what, me? Is Dealey there? No. no, I don't yeah. know where he's gone though. He's, he's definitely. Well, that's fine. He's out. He's out in the streets. Let him. Let him. Let him prowl. <laughs> anyway, that wasn't the point. The initial point I was making. Oh yeah. So that weather trailer made me want yeah. to go and buy a weather um, pod for the boys to play with. You know, so you've got like a little yogurt pot where you catch the rain and a spinny thing with. Um, you know, you can't get them. They're all digital. So, yogurt so, pots. So, so, what? Yogurt pots. No, the wet flipping egg, girls. The, digit the weather stations are all digital. So you can't, you can't just go out and... What I'm trying to say is, mm. you are winding me right up, right up. Hot town, summer in the city, back of my neck getting dirt and gritty. Then down, isn't it a pity? Doesn't seem to be a shadow in the city. All around, people looking half dead, walking on the sidewalk harder than a match here. But at night it's a different world. Go out and find a girl. Come on, come on and dance all night. Despite the heat, it'll be alright. And babe, don't you know it's a pity the days can't be like the nights in the summer, in the city, in the summer, in the city. In the city, dressed so fine and looking so pretty. Cool cat looking for a kitty, gonna look in every corner of the city. Till I'm wheezing like a bus stop, running up the stairs, gonna meet you on the rooftop. But at night it's a different world. Go out and find a girl. Come on, come on, if that's all night. Just like the heat, it'll be alright. And babe, don't you know it's a pity the days can't be like the nights in the summer, in the city, in the summer, in the city.
city. Back of my neck getting dirt and gritty. Spin down, isn't it a pity? Doesn't seem to be a shadow in the city. All around, people looking half dead, walking on the sidewalk, harder than a match head. But now it's a different world. Go out and find a girl. Come on, come on, if that's all night. Despite the heat, it'll be all right. Babe, don't you know it's a pity the days can't be like the nights in the summer in the city. Summer in the city. Billy, hey boss, little game for you. Name the car horn. Sorry. Name the car horn. Um, which car horn? The car horn in the song. What at the start of the song? Yeah, is it? yeah. Let's hang play on. a little game. Name the car horn. All right, hang on a second. Let's uh, let's go back to the. Uh, here we go. Oi! Oi! Boom! Boom! Well, hang on. Where's the car horn? Well, it should be at the start. Well, no. Hang on. Let's try. Maybe we missed it. Let's try again. Hang on a second. Here we go. Hang on. Oh no 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 no! You, you've got the rubbishy BBC version there. No, this is this is from the um, the summer in the city, the best of the loving spoonful. No 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 no! Yes, there's yes, de- no, there's definitely a car horn in there somewhere. Isn't it in the middle? No, Hang on. it's at the start. Hang on, you've got the wrong version. Oh, there there there! there. That's in the middle. It's the middle. <laughs> you've confused um, the uh, top with the middle uh, again. Name the car horn. I've got, I've, I, I, well, what is it? Uh, I think, well, I, well, let's just put it out there, see what happens. Well, you don't know, do you? <laughs> no, I do. I think, I think it's a Beatle. I think it's a Beatle. Oh, oh, because of the 60s, Sergeant Pepper. Ooh, ooh. Ah, Paul is dead. I see, Mark Chapman. Yes. I've got it now. I've yes. got the connection. I've got mm. it. Mm. Dealey. Yes, boss. What you got for us? Well, I'm on the streets, mate. I'm, I'm on the streets it's, talking it's, to people about technology and when it's it? ruined your lives. I'm looking out the window, mate. It's yeah. very... I can't see nothing. All I can see is my reflection. Very, very dark out there. It's, it's very dark. It's very, very cold. Yeah. Uh, it was raining earlier on. Uh, the streets so far, I've got to be honest with you, yeah. they're not great. They need to up their game. Yeah, of course they do. Yeah, technology, I mean, it's ruined a lot of people's lives. I want stories this morning. You, t- you talk about um, um, it being cold as well. Lecky blanket, mate. It's all, lecky, it's all about the lecky blanket. I've never had one. Describe uh, how they work. Well, what? Uh, I've never had one before. Okay, well, I'll describe how they work. It's a blanket, it's lecky. Mmm, yeah. toasty bed. You get a toasty, nice, toasty bed. Is it not dangerous? No, because it's not dangerous. What? Plug in a blanket in, on, into your bed? This doesn't seem right. It's, it's perfect. Hey, do you want to hear a Cat Stevens song you've never heard before? <sighs> yes, please. Here we go, boss. There just aren't enough songs about grandmothers. Are there? No, there's not. You always were so nice. When it came to problems you knew I never did think twice About ever coming to you So Granny What on earth can I do? Granny Granny What on earth can I do? Cause this little girl this little girl, she's a driving me wild. She's a driving me wild, so wild, so wild, so wild. 
always straightened me out when I was feeling rough. But this one I really doubt, 'cause this one's really tough. Oh, Granny, what on earth can I do, Granny? Granny, what on earth can I do? 'Cause this little girl, this little girl, she's a driving me wild. She's a driving me wild, so wild, so wild, so This little girl, this little girl, she's a driving me wild. She's a driving me wild, so wild. We need more songs about grandmothers, guys, don't we? Don't we? So, cameras in care homes. We shouldn't arrest so many prostitutes. I wonder anything you fancy. I'm like. Uh, uh, Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. There's been an accident on the M1 southbound between Junction 12 for Flitwick and the Toddington services, so three lanes have been closed and it's starting to cause southbound queues. On the A1M, it's also very busy southbound from Junction 8 for Hitchin to 7 for Stevenage, and the M25 is slow anti-clockwise from Junction 21 for the M1 to 19 for Watford. It's also busy at the North Orbital Road on the M25 Junction 21A roundabout, and the A414 Park Street in St Albans is starting to look very slow around the Park Street roundabout. Samantha Bruff, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Sammy. Oh, my goodness. Look, I can, look, I can see a ghost. I can see a ghost. The ghost of Christmas past. Tony Blackburn's in the house. Morning, Tony. Nice to see you, buddy. <laughs> Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's seven o'clock, I'm Simon Oxley. The headline staff suspended at Bedfordshire Nursing Home. British pensioner sentenced to 350 lashes and Luton MP to highlight prosecutions for prostitution. BBC Three Counties Radio. Six members of staff from a Bedfordshire nursing home have been suspended whilst investigations are carried out into alleged poor care after a camera was hidden in an elderly resident's room. Matilda de Silva's daughters say hiding a camera above her wardrobe at Crossways Nursing home in Renhold was a last resort following concerns about staff behaviour. Jessica Cooper reports. 85-year-old Matilda has dementia. Her daughters say they're shocked by the footage they've seen in her room, which allegedly shows some staff being uncaring and problems with communication. 
The Home has told us it prioritises maintaining high-quality care for residents and it's working closely with the relevant authorities to carry out a thorough investigation. And the Care Quality Commission says they'll continue to work with the local authority to ensure that people using the service are safe. A British pensioner in Saudi Arabia has been told he will face 350 lashes for possessing homemade alcohol, which is banned in the country. The Foreign Office says it's trying to secure the release of Carl Andre, who's 74 and serving a 12-month prison sentence. There's anger among some backbench Labour MPs after a U-turn on economic policy by the Shadow Chancellor John McDonnell. He said at a meeting last night that, following a change of mind, he wouldn't support the government's proposal to require future administrations to run a budget surplus. Figures on the number of prosecutions for prostitution are being highlighted by a Bedfordshire MP as demonstrating an unfairness in the justice system. The Labour MP for Luton South, Gavin Shuker, is raising the issue in a debate in Westminster today. More from Carol Abercrombie. Gavin Shuker says figures from the Crown Prosecution Service show that between 2013 and 2015, more than a 1,000 faced soliciting and loitering charges, whereas less than 500 were prosecuted for curb crawling. He says that demonstrates more time being spent bringing the sex workers to court than those who are exploiting them. Dutch accident investigators will publish a report today into what caused a Malaysia Airlines jet to crash in Ukraine last year with the loss of nearly 300 lives. Flight MH17 was travelling from Amsterdam to Kuala Lumpur. Ten of the victims were British. Police have issued a warning to motorists who filmed the aftermath of yesterday's crash on the M1 in Hertfordshire. Traffic officers say they saw between 40 and 50 drivers Drivers using their phones with three leaning out of their windows with both hands on their phone. Police say all the drivers were themselves being videoed. The three-car crash happened just after one o'clock between junctions four and five and resulted in four people being taken to hospital. In sport, England's cricketers are starting the first test against Pakistan in Abu Dhabi. Pakistan won the toss and a batting. And England's football has made it ten wins from ten qualifying matches for next summer's European Championships with a 3-0 win in Lithuania last night. The weather mostly dry and sunny but with the chance of a shower and a cold wind, a maximum temperature 13 degrees Celsius and you can get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties Thank you Simon. Morning guys Blackburn's in the house Everything is groovy Everything is groovy So um, Hiding cameras in uh, care homes I don't have a problem with it at all. I've considered it myself. Came very close to doing it. There's no problem with it at all, is there? As long as the person whose room it is, is kind of aware. And if they're, you know, but they can't be aware because of their condition or whatever, then um, as long as it's been done for the best interests, you know, well, there's no problem with that, is there? Is there? Gavin Shuka's upset at the number of prostitutes that are getting arrested. I want anything you fancy as well. 03459 455 555 is the telephone number. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Six 
Members of staff have been suspended from a care home in Bedfordshire after footage from a hidden camera allegedly shows poor care and unsafe practice. Investigations will now be held into the treatment of 85-year-old uh, Matilda De Silva, who was uh, at Crossways Nursing Home in Renholt. Her family say using the camera was a last resort. Well, Elizabeth De Silva is uh, Matilda's daughter and joins me on the line now. Morning, Elizabeth. Hi, good morning. Nice to talk to you. Tell us a little bit about Mum. Why, why is she in a care home? What's, what, 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 what's her condition? Well, there are several. Um, she's now totally immobile, so bedridden, but, um, and she had been cared by my brother for several years at home, ended up in hospital for a year because her health was deteriorating to the point where it took more than one person to move her. Um, was in hospital for a year and then the decision was made that, you know, she couldn't be cared for at home anymore and we'd have to be moved into nursing. So that's how that started. And she's got dementia as well, has she? Is that right? Yeah, And how bad is that? Um, It's never been measured, to be honest, and no tests have ever been done, but um, strangely enough, since everything come to light, they are in the process of doing that, which is a good positive move. It's unfortunate that it's taken for things to go public before that kind of... um, before that was offered to how, mum and to us. How yeah. aware is she of, you know, I mean, does she know, does she know what day it is? Does she recognise people? Is, is, she recognises us, which is good, depending on the state of her dementia. Right. Some days are better than others. Right. She's okay. also got um, diabetes. If oh, the bless. diabetes is managed well and her sugars are stable, then she will be more reactive and, and more with it, if, you, if that oh, makes sense. Oh, isn't that interesting? Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, but if the diabetes isn't managed right, and it hasn't always been managed right, then she appears to be uh, a dementia worsen. A bit more confused. Yes, Isn't absolutely. that interesting? Yeah. Um, mm. What made you think... Because my mum's in a care home, and right. um, you know, and we we put out the ones we love there the most because mm. we you know we want them to be protected and looked after, and it's for their own safety. And um, we like to think that the people there are doing a good job. What made mm. you think that maybe people weren't doing such a good job looking after mum? Um, witnessing um, bad care practice. Um, they've got an open door policy at Crossways, so saying that you know we can always go there and raise our concerns, but not being satisfied with the way those concerns were addressed. Um, the final straw came when my sister Carol, over on leaving the home one night after a visit, overheard two carers behind closed doors talking very abusively towards a, um, a resident while they were obviously changing, we assume, mm. or you know, doing something in his room. Um, saying really nasty things, um, yeah, verbally abusive. And then Carol obviously thought, well, you know, if they're doing that to one resident, they could be doing that to mum. And and that was the final straw. She went home really, really upset and um, spoke to us all about it. And um, the decision was made, yeah. So how did you do... It wasn't an easy decision. No. Obviously, there are issues surrounding that with not having consent and what have you. Um, and do you go secret camera route or do you go hidden? Yeah. And we thought if there were guilty parties, um, you know, staff, the only way to disclose that was by getting a hidden camera yeah. in. But but not a, an easy decision. No, no, no. I'd, I'd imagine uh, not. Do, do you or your, any of your sisters have power of attorney? 
We don't. No, okay. okay. No, no. And um, with a dementia patient, that in itself poses problems yeah. because we've had to have advocates in place to make yeah. certain decisions. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's one of those things you have to get in early. Um, okay, so how did you go about doing it then? What, what, what were the practicalities of getting a camera and, and, and putting it in mum's room? Um, doing it in the evening yeah. <laughs> when there was less staff about because yeah. we do have less staff at night, um, closing the door. And, um, I mean, when Carol was telling me the night she was going to do it, I was petrified for her. Oh, you know, she, she, she took her son with her. And I said, you know, for God's sake, be careful. You know, um, yeah. so we was um, doing it very secretly. Yeah, and finding the, the right time to do it. The mornings tend to be busier. They do have more staff during the day. So, um, yeah, it was a carefully managed operation. All right, yeah. so you, you filmed it for a while. And obviously, you don't, I, I know you know this, but let's not mention any names of any of the people that, no, that, that work there involved. And I know you appreciate yeah. that. Um, mm. OK, you get the, the tape back or whatever it is these days and watched it. What did you see? Oh, I, I couldn't watch an awful lot, to be honest. Carol, my sister, watched most of the footage because she was putting the camera in and delivering it. She'd come back the first day. Um, there wasn't... There wasn't much on that. As she was telling me more day by day, on, on one day, as she was speaking to me about it, I, I was physically sick with her on the other end of the phone. I just projectile vomiting, yeah, because I couldn't cope with it. And I knew I couldn't when she told me she was going to put it in. I said, it's a good idea. I, I don't think I can watch it. You know, I was scared. But um, the, the kind of things, um, bad care practice, um, in-personalised care practice, approaching mum without giving her any 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 warning about yeah. what they were going to do. So very invasive practice, not talking at all. And um, it, it, a lot of it was more mental torture, you know, um, pushing and pulling as well while they were moving her. She, she's deaf as well, partially deaf, as well as the dementia. So to be that invasive towards a vulnerable person who doesn't know, you know, what is coming at her was... Um, so, yeah, just bad practice. Okay. And they've been, been really rough. Um, taunting, cruelty, um, you know... Um, Can you give me like, some of the examples? Um, and, I'm, and I'm pushing just because there might be some people who, who are kind of questioning this. Uh, I'm not in any way doubting what you're saying at all. Yeah. But the, the, yeah. The, the examples of the cruelty and the taunting. Cruelty and taunting, saying things about the family to my mum, who probably couldn't even hear, to be fairness, so that well, the reason we're being like this towards you is because your family are a certain way towards us. I can't remember the exact wording. Oh. Um, taking a favourite teddy away. She's got this teddy that oh, plays nice. this song about love, right? Oh. Throwing it when they're going to attend to her onto the floor yeah. and then not putting it back. And if you look at the coverage... She, she loves this teddy. It sounds such a simple thing, but if, if you did this to a child, it would be considered as child yeah. abuse. Oh, yeah. You know, and, and not putting it back for her, you know, after they've done what they've done. Bad hygiene practice when she's wet through to the bed, um, going to put on another sheet without even washing the bed down, yeah. which I have pulled carers up about and said, are you not going to wash the bed before you put another sheet on? Um, you know, and um, they've done it, but given me a dirty look. Um, I, I have worked in the care industry myself. I know it's difficult, so um, I've, I've given a lot of benefit of the doubt, and I, I feel a bit silly that you have and a bit naive, and I've tried to help as much as I could. So, um, I, you know, I think a lot of the time I've sided for the carers. I've been, well, I know they've got a difficult job, etc., but... Um, 
you know, there's changes that, that need to be made. It, it's not just the elderly are vulnerable. Some of those very caring carers are vulnerable as well and often forced to leave because they can't stand working in a non-caring environment that is meant to be caring. Now, Elizabeth, I'm going to play devil's advocate for a second and I hope you'll, you'll, you'll indulge me. You actually, yeah. you, you haven't seen the footage yourself. And I have. You, you yeah. have seen it now? I have, yeah. Okay, I couldn't okay. bear to look at it okay, originally. Carol Would... actually left her laptop with me last night and I was yeah. trying to send clips over to people who have requested yeah. it. So I got to look at more of it. Yeah. And I have seen bits prior to that as well. I just, I couldn't personally digest too much in one go. If it wasn't your mum... Mm-hmm. If it was somebody else, yeah, or if somebody else was looking at that, would it be considered abuse? Do you know what I mean? Because sometimes when we see our parents or our, our kids or our family being treated, we, we kind of take it sometimes, we make it out to be a little bit worse than it actually is. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. I, As far as um, physical abuse goes, it's definitely not as bad as what I expected. But as, as far as bad practice goes... Um, being non-judgmental, if it wasn't my mum, I think that I would be appalled. The area management have watched this footage, so have social services, yeah. okay, and the safeguarding team, and it was the footage that gave them enough cause to suspend six staff. So I don't think we have been reacting okay. overly because, you know, it's our mum. No, and I appreciate and, you your know, our, our aims are... To, to stop this from happening in the future, you know, and, and I think putting CCT cameras in every single home would be a good way to prevent that. Um, Elizabeth, have they given you any idea how long, you know, this investigation will take place, will, will, will take? No, not, not really. No, okay. I mean, the area management team, I've been there since um, Carol took the footage to social services. A meeting with, was there with Carol, the safeguarding team, social services. Um, the police investigation has been closed because they don't consider... Well, I think that, you know, law, as it stands, will not treat mental and... Um, emotional abuse, bullying as seriously as, which is unfortunate because they would if it was a child yeah. and, and, and neglect as well. My mum ended up in hospital last Christmas. That was down to neglect. Not, yeah, it could have been avoided. She was on antibiotics. The home did not listen to us when we said, look, mum's not responding to these antibiotics. She couldn't eat. She was asleep all the time, which is going to affect her, her sugars and make her even worse. Yeah, of course. She ended up in hospital, and that was because they didn't listen to us. And we know man best, you know. Elizabeth, um, I, I, I've got to end it there. Keep in touch and let us know how it goes, won't you? Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. How is mum now? Is she all right? Just to let you know, we will be appealing the decision of the police investigation. Okay. All right. Well, yeah. let, keep, listen, keep in touch. Send our best to mum, and, uh, and uh, I appreciate that. Elizabeth De Silva, 03459 455. It can't be anybody that objects to cameras being put into care homes. If you, you know, unfortunately, it would be nice. Hey, it would be nice, wouldn't it, if uh, all the carers in the care homes were excellent? They're not. Um, there are some dodgy ones, and even the good care homes, they've got some dodgy people in occasionally. You know, most of them are brilliant. But, but, you can't have a problem with that, can you? Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. 
On the M1, there are delays southbound between Junction 12 for Flittick and the Toddington services because of an accident involving two lorries and a car. So there's five mile queues on the approach. And it's also slow on the A1M southbound, looking at the speed sensors from Junction 8 for Hitchin to 7 for Stevenage. On the M25, it's busy anti-clockwise from Junction 21 for the M1 to 19 for Watford. And a bit further afield on the clockwise M25 between Junction at Junction 26 Waltham Abbey, there was an oil spillage in a broken down lorry. So that's causing delays from Junction 25 for Enfield. If you're using the trains to get to the London Underground this morning, on the Metropolitan Line, there's still no service between Baker Street and Oldgate because of a signal failure at King's Cross St Pancras, and that's causing severe delays on the Hammersmith and City Line and the Circle Line. Samantha Breath, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Samantha. 7.17, Tuesday the 13th of October, I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. Six members of staff from a Bedfordshire nursing home have been suspended after a camera was hidden in an elderly resident's room. The Foreign Office says it's actively seeking the release of a British pensioner who's been sentenced to 350 lashes in Saudi Arabia. And Luton MP Gavin Shuka will tell the Commons today that more time is spent bringing sex workers to court than those who are exploiting them. When you need local news. The headlines, serious injuries for Bedford cyclist and heritage windfall for Luton Museum. When you need local travel. M40 southbound one lane blots and it's queuing two lorries in the car involved. When you need local weather. Lots of sunny spells around and um, more sunshine developing of course plenty of blue skies as we head into the afternoon bbc three counties radio is here bedfordshire police are defending plans to halve the number of community support officers in the county with local up-to-date news and travel bulletins throughout the day you get your travel after paul young wherever i lay my hat that's my home you'll always be up to date that's the forecast bbc three counties oh. radio why are we uh, are we what why are we why are we so obsessed with weather at the moment here? What is going? I don't understand what's going on. Every trail's about yeah, we're, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna marry weather. Oh, well, I'm gonna give weather a big kiss on its bottom. Why are we totally obsessed with weather? What's going on? Something's going on, and then something's going on, and they're not telling me, and I got 24 hours to find out what it is before I I, I die. Do you know what's going on, Daniel? I don't know if I love weather. <laughs> you see, there's a conspiracy going on, man. I don't get the weather. Well, I mean, I get it. It's the, the sun and the rain, isn't it? And strangely, the moon. 03459 455 555 is the telephone number if you want to give us a call. Now, a Bedfordshire MP will today raise the issue of unfair prosecutions for prostitution in the Westminster debate. The Labour MP for Luton South, Gavin Shuker, claims that twice as many women are being arrested for soliciting as men are for curb crawling, and it's unfair. He says the figures demonstrate that more time is spent bringing the sex workers to court than those who are exploiting them. Well, Gavin joins me now. Morning, Gavin. Good morning. So why are you calling for a debate on this in Westminster today? Well, really simply, uh, over the last 20 years or so, there's been an approach to prostitution which has been about trying to target the men that create the demand in the first place rather than the women that are often very vulnerable, um, addicted to drugs, alcohol, so on. Um, we try and divert them from the courts. Now, what's happened in the last two or three years, and actually over the last five years, has been a shift in the ratio of prosecutions. So more men um, are getting off and uh, in lots of ways. And uh, more women... Gavin Shuker at 20 past seven in the morning. Unbelievable yeah. language. And I've got a whole long day to go ahead <laughs> as well. Go on. Uh, but, but, more, but more women are finding themselves in the criminal justice system. Yeah. And that strikes me as a fundamental unfairness. Um, what I'm not calling for is for all of the laws around prostitution to be you know, torn up. 
I actually take a quite strong line on prostitution. I think uh, we should introduce a sex buyer law which prevents men from buying sex in the first place. But there's a fundamental unfairness here. It reflects in the criminal justice system, and it's really simple. If you are rich, you've got the money to go out and buy and exploit women, you're getting off scot-free. Uh, but if you're poor and forced into prostitution, you'll find yourself in the law courts, could still find yourself going to jail. But so you're saying you don't want the number of um, the, the uh, prostitutes um, prosecuted down. You, you you want both figures to go up? No, actually, I do want the number go of on. women involved in prostitution in the courts going down. What I want to see, actually, is a decriminalisation of those selling sets and a criminalisation of those buying it. We wrote a report, I'm the chair of the all-party group in, on prostitution in the Westminster Parliament. Uh, we wrote a report last year that kind of looked at all these issues in the round, and government at the time said, well, you know, don't worry, we kind of agree with your approach. We don't think women should be talk- taken through the courts. Um, unfortunately, the numbers don't back that up at all, and the trend is getting worse, which is why, as you know, you know, it's not an issue where there's a whole load of votes in it. Uh, it's not an issue... Uh, where politicians are clambering over themselves to talk about it for obvious reasons, because it involves sex. But the reality is this is quite an important social issue, which is what the debate today is about. Um, now, the figures, I haven't got the figures in front of you, but the figures that you're referring to are made up for prosecutions uh, for soliciting and loitering. And apparently the figures for soliciting alone are not that high. Is that right? Yeah, we're talking about the kind of thousands figure, um, which across the whole of the UK, admittedly, you know, isn't bad, but um, you have to treat the things with a little bit of caution. Um, one of the approaches to prostitution in recent years has been about trying to divert people before they get to the courts. So if a man is picked up for curb calling, they'll often get a second chance. They'll be able to go and do a course. Um, they'll be, you know, invited away from the does What does the course entail? Well, different uh, police forces have different approaches. Wow. And some of the best some of the best ones, the most successful ones, are ones where actually men will go off and do a course and they'll be told about the reality of the lives. Oh, okay, right, I see, yeah, who, yeah. Who they buy. And, and the reality of the lives is pretty shocking. So um, the government itself accepts uh, that more than 50% of women involved in prostitution on the street started before they could legally consent. The average age into prostitution for these people is 15 years of age. If we want to talk about child sexual exploitation, it's fine to talk about Savile and all the rest, but probably one of the biggest drivers of child sexual exploitation in this country is prostitution. Um, more than you know, 75, 80% of women on streets anecdotally addicted to Class A drugs um, or have serious alcohol abuse problems. You know, you know, it's not funny. It, the reality is, when you're confronted with that and you're confronted with the choices that you're making. I think it does change people's behaviour and the numbers seem to back that up. We're going to speak to um, a resident of, of Hightown a little bit later on. And you know there's been problems there with, with sure. prostitution and stuff. And, and um, the residents, you know, the people who live in these streets that are affected by, um, you know, the women that stand on street corners and stuff, they have very little sympathy for the backstory. You know, they have very little yeah. sympathy for the fact that they might be addicted to drugs or they might have... Uh, an abusive partner who's making them go out and, and giving them, you know, all of the money. They just want them off the streets. Um, and, and they see arrest of these women um, and and punishment as being the, um, the the quickest way to to get, you know, to making their streets clean. Yeah. C- can you explain, Gavin, why you don't think that is necessarily the best way to, d- to deal with it? Well, you know, I shared, shared the sympathy. And uh, actually, uh, you know, I live here in Luton. I don't want my... Two-year-old, three-year-old, you know, coming across that, I, I don't want to see that 
on my street corners. The real issue here, though, is prostitution doesn't exist because there's an oversupply of women who desperately want to do this as a career choice. It exists because there are men who are making choices to exploit women. Um, you know, if you want to tackle the issue, you've got to tackle demand, not supply. And my argument's really simple. I've made the, you know, I've argued consistently over the last five or six years for more police resources to be put into the problem, simply to target the men that are coming in very often from outside of Luton, actually. Um, and when we talk about it, um, actually, we, we see spikes in the number of men coming to Luton, very sadly. Um, but, you know, the reality is, it is men that are creating the demand for this problem in the first place. Now, if we want to be serious about tackling that, uh, everyone's got to work together, including the residents, to say that there's a problem here. We do want police action. We do want targeted operations. But don't go after the women. They will get trapped in a cycle of abuse. Uh, abuse, first of all, um, you know, to get into the trade in the first place, then abuse uh, actually in the trade, and then actually abuse through the court system. Keep women out of the courts. Go after these guys that create the demand in the first place. The evidence is that around one in 10 men here in the UK have bought sex. Now, you know, I'd far rather educate people as to the reality of the choices that they're making than to even go through the law courts. But there is a fundamental unfairness at the minute. The women are being targeted because they're more visible. The men are not being targeted because they've got the money to get off. And uh, that's the issue we want to raise today. Um, Ian's just sent me an email. I don't know if this figure is accurate or not, but um, he says, um, uh, tell Gavin that only 1.8% of prostitution is street prostitution. Well, the numbers don't seem to back that up, although I'll agree you know, there isn't massive shared evidence base there. What we do know is there's around 80,000 women that work in on-street prostitution, um, which is a highly significant number. We don't know the figures for off-street prostitution because it's even more opaque. Yeah. That's the kind of you know uh, most obvious area where there's probably like to be trafficking um, of women uh, you know, above uh, shops and flats and so on, um, and escort prostitution as well. Really, it's an area where you know government isn't doing its job, which is providing a shared evidence base that people can at least argue over, um, or taking efforts to tackle uh, you know the inherent vulnerability that's there. We only tend to talk about this issue when someone has been murdered uh, or a serious violent assault has happened. That's not the time to be talking about it. We need to be doing it now. Uh, is there not an argument for... And I, I, I don't know what my thoughts are on this, Gavin, so I'm just throwing this out there and, and kicking it around. Uh, for legalising it, uh, there are places in the world where they... Uh, and it was uh, Didn't they try it somewhere up north? That's as vague as I am. Where they kind of had an area where it was legalised, where prostitution was, was, was kind of... was, was decriminalised, you know, that, that vague difference. Yeah. Is, is there not an argument for that to make it safer for everybody who's involved, the, the, the women involved and the gentlemen as well? Well, there, there are some countries around the world that have decriminalised or legalised prostitution. You know, and people often cite Holland, obviously, with a much more liberal regime. Interestingly, in Holland, since they've done that, they've started to roll back and trying to put in more criminal sanctions simply because they've seen an explosion in the size of the trade. The argument has always been, well, you know, law would be with us and there's nothing that the law can do to adjust the size of it. The evidence isn't there. In New Zealand, where they went for a full decriminalisation of prostitution, um, there was some limited evidence that some sex workers felt safer. Um, unfortunately, the size of uh, the trade of uh, sex trafficking, which we can all agree is a massively abhorrent crime where people are basically taken into slavery um, to sell sex um, to be criminally exploited in that way, went up massively as well. 
I personally favour an approach by the Nordic countries um, where actually the sale of sex is decriminalised. So you deal with the issue where women and by and large it is women around about 95% of those working in selling sex are women or uh, 99, 100% of those buying sex is men uh, where the uh, offence of uh, purchasing sex, which is what the men are doing in the first place, is criminalised and where you massively boost programmes for exit. Um, the evidence in my mind is that you can tackle trafficking, that you can reduce the scale of demand, but most of all you can change public attitudes, which is the thing that changes this in the long run. Um, in those countries, uh, such as the Nordic countries, is the most successful one. I'd like to have that debate, and that's what we're trying to do today. All right, Gavin, nice one. Listen, I appreciate your time. Let us know how it goes. Thank you very much indeed. 03459 455 555 is the phone number. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. There's a lane closed on the M1 southbound between Junction 12 for Flissick and the Toddington services because of an accident between two lorries and a car that's causing five-mile queues on the approach to the accident on the M1 southbound. Also in Birmingham and Luton on the A6, there's a lane closed because of some mud that's on the road that's caused some accidents near the Great Birmingham Lane and Church Road. On the A6 southbound in Haynes Church End, there are queues around the Haynes Church End and the turning for the A507 at Clarkville. And on the A1 southbound towards Towards the Black Cat roundabout from the St. Neas Junction, it's looking very busy too. On the M25, it's slow anti-clockwise from Junction 21 for the M1 to 19 for Watford. And a bit further away, there's still a lane closed clockwise just after Junction 26 for Waltham Abbey, which is causing delays from Junction 25 for Enfield. Samantha Bruff, BBC Three Counties Radio. Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's 7.30, I'm Simon Oxley. Six members of staff from a Bedfordshire nursing home have been suspended after a camera was hidden in an elderly resident's room. Police in Aylesbury Vale are searching for a 71-year-old man who went missing from his home in Stukeley in the early hours of this morning. And Luton MP Gavin Shuker will tell the Commons today that more time is spent bringing sex workers to court than on those who are exploiting them. Three Counties Sport. BBC Three Counties Radio. England's cricketers have started the first test against Pakistan in Abu Dhabi this morning. Pakistan won the toss and are batting first. A short while ago, they were seven for one with James Anderson taking the early wicket. England's footballers made it 10 wins from 10 qualifying matches for next summer's European Championships with a 3-0 win in Lithuania last night. Former MK Dons midfielder Deli Ali made his second sub-appearance with one of England's goals, an own goal by Watford keeper Giedrius Arlauskis. Here's England manager Roy Hodgson. The 31 goals scored and the three goals conceded, 10 games and 10 games unbeaten. It can't get better than that. And hopefully also we'll learn from the matches that we're playing now against against Spain and France next and then Germany and Holland. And uh, they're more likely, if you like, to show up any defects in our game than we were able to see tonight. Hemel Hempstead and Hitchin are both out of the FA Cup after losing third qualifying round replays last night. Hemel lost 2-1 at Sutton. Hitchin lost 2-1 at home to Enfield. In the National League tonight, Boreham Wood begin life without Ian Allenson with a home match against Aldershot. Allenson resigned as Wood boss yesterday after seven and a half years at the club and says going full-time didn't suit his own career. We made a decision a couple of weeks ago to, to go full-time in terms of training Monday Monday morning, Thursday morning, Friday morning. 
and obviously I've got a full-time job here, and it just didn't work for me. Um, I typically go over three weeks, um, but just felt that I'd lost a little bit of um, hold of, of, the, of the club in terms of me being in charge with the first team. And Toaster Racecourse Chief Executive Kevin Ackerman has been banned from racing for six months. After being found guilty of corruption, Ackerman laid bets against a horse knowing its jockey aimed not to win. The Toaster Racecourse Board said it would support Ackerman in an appeal. BBC Three Counties News and Sports, the next full bulletin is at eight. Laid bets against a horse? Kelly, what on earth have you been up to? BBC Three Counties Radio. Morning, guys. Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. So, of course, I've got a list of the 20th... No, hang on a second. The 20th? No, I said it. The 20th, no? The 20th. It sounds like a word, Kelly, is it? Sorry, say that again. I was just checking Dealey's there. The 20th. The 20th. Is that a word? No. Okay. It feels like a word. The 20th. No, again, I just can't not say it now. Hang on a minute. So I've got a list of the 20th most influential women. <laughs> it works. It's a word, guys. And that's how language is created. So the 20th most influential women. <laughs> Number one, Helen Mirren. I mean, flipping heck, guys. What influence has she got, apart from um, making men think that, you know, old women can be hot? I mean... Okay, the second... I'm doing this in the wrong order, of course. If this were a chart, I would be doing it in reverse. I, I should be doing Helen Mirren in reverse, and I've not. It doesn't matter. Number two of the 20th... 
the 20th. 20th is a word. It is a flipping word. <laughs> is it? What does it 20th? mean then? 20th. Well, it's the 20th. <laughs> is it not a word? <laughs> flipping heck. I mean, while the cat's away, the mice are going to be running all over the shop. Okay, so the number two in the 20th most influential women is J.K. Rowling. I mean, I can kind of dig that. I can kind of dig Rowling because she wrote the books. She's got um, millions. She put, okay, she gave a million towards either the for or again um, the Scottish independence referendum. One of the two. And I don't know which one. Do you know which one, Daniel? Nope. There we go. Thank Who's you very much. Who's the 20th? I'm, I'm getting there. Yeah. Slowly. Oh, right, very, oh, very slowly. Oh. Number three. Would you please welcome to the stage Michelle Obama. I mean, that's... Um, number four of the, t- the 20th most um, influential women. Adele. I mean, Adele. Is influential in what respect? Great album. Sorry? Great album. Which one? Thank you. It's just... (laughs) (laughs) Jessica or Ennis Hill. she local? No. Number seven, right? Number six is Angelina Jolie, who's kissed me in Canada. Mm. That's not a euphemism. We were actually in Canada. Where did she kiss you, then? In the Montreals. Oh, <laughs> oh, it's a good idea. Um, no, I can't. Tony Blackburn is somebody. Someone's just texting it. Blackburn's in the building. Can't you get him to do the rundown over the pick of the pops theme? It's a good. It's a good idea. It's a good idea. But I don't. I don't. I always feel bad about putting Tony on the spot. I would just like to have him say twentieth. Oh. oh, this is apt. We're talking about ladies, and there's a song about big bums. Mm. So I'm a modern man. <laughs> This is for you. This is for all the uh, influential ladies out there. Okay, so number seven. I don't know who this woman is, right? I've got no idea who Jennifer Lawrence is. Oh, yeah, she's from, like, Game of Thrones or something. Oh, fuck no, she's not. She's Hunger Games. She's the Hunger Um, Game of Thrones. Hunger Game of Thrones. The Twilight Zone. Okay, right, okay, fine. So she's... Where's her influence? She's an actor. She has no influence, not even in the films. She is told what to say, how to say it, and where to look. She's got literally no influence. All of her influence is taken off her. She has no influence whatsoever. She inspires young women like me. To... To do what? To go and fire flaming arrows and yeah. battle for food. I don't know. I've never seen the Hunger Games. Is that it? I've no idea. Something like that. There's something like that. Okay. Number eight, Kate Winslet. Uh, number nine, Oprah. Ten, Emma Thompson. Number eleven. I'm <laughs> a woman. Here's a woman who um, um, uh, I thought I knew well enough to embrace. When I embraced her, you know, when you're hugging someone, yes, and you're thinking they don't want to be part of this hug. Uh, you know, not not new tree styley, but you know, socially awkward. Yeah. Miranda Hart. She. Mm. I went for the hug, and she was. And then I, I didn't really know her that well, but I did, a sh- I did a show with her once, and it was before she became really, really famous. And I went, I hugged her, and the hug went really badly, so I backed away from the hug. We haven't got a guest at 10 too now, have we? No. Daily. Oh, boss, do you know what? We yeah. haven't had one of these for ages. A lady's perspective. Well, I, well we, we can do this, right? But I was hugging Miranda, right? Mm. 
And the hug wasn't going well. You know what I mean? The hug, you're involved in a hug and it ain't working at all on any yeah. level whatsoever. And I felt uncomfortable. I was with a friend and I was trying to show off because she was like a big star at this point. And I went, hey, your show's quite good. It turns out you are funny after all. Now, but it was said, it was said with love and affection. She just gave yeah. me a really dirty look. Yeah. And that was, that was the end of that. Yeah. Number 15. Here we go. This is, and this makes me puke, right? This makes me puke. 15 in the 20th most... 20th <laughs> is a word. 20th is a word. Wait, why not? The, the 15 in the 20th most influential women. Here we go. Have a guess, Justin. Have a guess. I'm going to go yes. for... <laughs> I'm going to go for... Yeah. Mariah Carey. Oh. She's not in the list at all. And that just well, that shows... Puke. That just shows how muffed up this list is. Is yes. Kelly have a guess? What does it begin with? Fern. Cotton. Hey, she's right. What? Number fifteen. The world's most influential women is, is Fern <laughs> Cotton. <laughs> what? I mean, it's just and then number twenty, Mary Portas. Oh, jeez. All right. Yeah, Nineteen, maybe. Taylor Swift. Seventeen, right? <laughs> Kelly Clarkson. Kelly Clarkson. Ooh. She won like American pop singers, like about. Eight years ago? Yeah. I'm going to guess. Where's her influence? Well, she hasn't got any. Where's Jordan? <laughs> Jordan's not... Okay, well, we're gonna, okay this, is, this is the rest of the show, guys. The alternative 20th most influential women of all time. So, yeah. right, let's, let's compile this. You mentioned Jordan. Yeah. You mentioned Kerry. I'll put brackets Mariah so we don't think it's... Um, um, the right royal Reverend Ian Carey. Madonna, be... there you go. Somebody who's not only changed music, but also, let's be brutally honest about it, boss. She hasn't got the best voice in the world, no, but no, there is somebody who has carried on for years and years selling yeah. millions of records, yeah. a legend. Yeah, okay. Um, I'm trying to think of a woman that doesn't get her boobs out or isn't a pop star. <laughs> um, just trying to not, think. Not many. Uh, um, um, oh, Michaela Strachan. Yeah, Michaela Strachan. Michaela Strachan, yep. We'll put Strachan down. Who's the woman? The news, who's the newsreader who talks like that? That's, that's, I know that sounds like Trevor McDonald. I'm like, Moira Stewart. Moira Stewart's yeah, on there. Put her up oh, there. Yep. I like her. Stewart's on there. Moira Stewart. Fat Pat from EastEnders. Yeah. Oh, Gail mm. Platt from Corrie. She's lasted the test of the time. No, yes. She's lasted the test of the time. <laughs> Hang on. <laughs> Kelly Betts? Um, June Brown. Dot, dot Cotton? Yeah. Don't be so ridiculous. She's not going on the list. What a ridiculous thing to say. Uh, okay, right, this is... Okay, well, 0345, the, the show at 7.42 has found its vibe. Don't worry, I'll give, I'll give half my money back to the boss. But now we've, we, we're in the, the New York groove. Uh, w- women of influence. This list, let's see who's compiled this list. Um, um, almost three in ten said they've worn, said or done something a little differently after seeing a celebrity this evening. Mary Young, UK and international marketing director at Lillette. Hello. Said women in the public eye can make a real difference to how others lead their lives. Okay, well, this is obviously nonsense. We're going to compile the real list. Justin, I know you've got a Vox. We're going to do it after mm. the weather, if that's okay. Yeah, no, no worries, um, And then, we'll, then for the last hour, we're going to focus on this. Is that okay? So tell Fulbrook to tone it down. I can hear him in the I, I, I know. Daniel, Sam. Yeah, unbelievable. Uh, David, I can't hear you. I'm trying to make a radio programme here. Yeah, who are you on the phone to? Just a mate. Oh. Umber, listen, do you know what I mean? Daily, speak to you in a bit. I'll speak to you yeah. just after the weather. Yeah, thanks, Blake. Cheers, my dear. Ta-ta, ta-ta, ta-ta. Influential women, please. 
03459 455 555 is the uh, telephone number if you want to give us a call. Let's say they, they have to be alive. I think that's so. Florence Nightingale, who uh, Ollie says, I'm pretty sure she invented candles. I'm not, I'm not totally um, convinced that's the thing. 03459 455 555. Oh, by the way, we're all going to die. We're all going to die. I tell you why. Um, a third of workers, this is, um, I, I mean, technically, I get paid for going to a place. That's, that's work. A third of workers risk their health by drinking over four cups of instant coffee a day. I've only had three so far. Cool. Is that a hint? or? Well, I don't know. If you take it as a hint, then it's a hint. Do you want less coffee? No. I don't know what you mean. I've only had three cups okay. of coffee today, Danny. And this one is empty. So negative. Maybe. <laughs> Are you sure it's empty? Sure. Yeah, it's empty. Why don't you come and have a look and walk slowly around to the kitchen area whilst looking at it and see if you can work it out for yourself. How does that sound, Daniel, son? Can you take that one as well? Does anyone want a coffee? Hey! <laughs> Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. It's very slow on the M1 southbound because the lanes close between Junction 12 for Flittick and the Toddington services and there are delays right back from Junction 13 for Bedford now. And on the A6 southbound in Haynes Church End, there are queues busier than usual between the Old Main Road and the A507 at Clark Hill. In Bramingham on the A6, the lane's been closed because of mud on the road and three accidents between Great Bramingham Lane and Church Road. And on the M25 clockwise, the lane's closed just after Junction 26 Worth Mabby, causing delays from Junction 25 for Enfield. Also on the M40 heading away from London towards the Denham roundabout, uh, from the Denham roundabout towards the M25, there are queues. And on the underground, if you're using the train to get into the underground this morning, the service is suspended on the Metropolitan Line between Baker Street and Allgate, and there are severe delays on the Hammersmith and City Line and the Circle Line because of a signal failure at King's Cross. Samantha Bruff, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much, Sammy. There, where are we? 7.46. It is uh, Tuesday the 13th of October. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. Six members of staff from a Bedfordshire nursing home have been suspended after a camera was hidden in an elderly resident's room. Police in Aylesbury Vale are searching for a 71-year-old man who went missing from his home in Stukeley in the early hours of this morning. And Luton MP Gavin Shuker will tell the Commons today that more time is spent bringing sex workers to court than those who are exploiting them. Let's get the weather. Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Good morning. High pressure dominates our weather this week, but it does not mean wall-to-wall sunshine. There's a fair amount of cloud around and also some showers as well. Some of us have seen those already. They're feeding in from the east, cross through Bedfordshire already and into parts of Buckinghamshire. Now, these could pop up at any point today, but in the most part, further west you are, it is going to be a drier day. Temperature's quite chilly at the moment, between 5 and 7 Celsius across all three counties. As we head through the day, that chilly northeasterly breeze will make things feel just as cool. We're looking at a... Uh, 
um, maximum of just 13 Celsius. So a chilly afternoon. Overnight tonight, still some showers expected, but further west you are drier and clearer and it's under those clear spells. It's going to be coldest, 5 Celsius the minimum. For tomorrow, chilly start. Again, some showers around, particularly further east you are, but some sunshine likely to bake through tomorrow afternoon. We're hanging on to that chilly northeasterly wind. Maximum temperature, 13 Celsius. And that's your forecast. Nick Coffer on BBC Three Counties Radio. History coming up uh, very shortly with the uh, brilliant Dan Hill. He's a local historian. Sorbetsworth, um, amongst other things, has got quite a rich history. As it's further east, there is uh, a lot more influence with regards to things like air raids. Weekdays from 12. Great music as well coming up here on BBC Three Counties Radio. Freddie Mercury, the great pretender. Go west as well on its way. First though, his T-Rex. Nick Coffer. You know, it's fantastic to be able to get, you know, people like Nathan Bell and Gary Matthew and, you know, experienced but still early on in their careers, giving them the opportunity to come and make music in a lovely environment, Luton Library Theatre. Could you describe modern Britain in 50 records? Stuart McConey is doing just that in his book. I don't think you're ever going to get another Beatles who dominate the pop cultures. Nick Coffer, weekdays from 12 on BBC Three Counties Radio. Oh, three, four, five, nine, four, double, five, five, double, five is the phone number. So this list of um, the most influential women in the world is obviously uh, nonsense. Obviously, nonsense. We're going to compile our own list, aren't we, Samantha? Yes. Oh, blimey, you're right. Are you falling down the stairs? No. Okay. Well, who, who have you got for us? Who are we going to put on our list? Um, Lisa Simpson. Definitely. Okay. Is she still? Is she technically alive? Um, I see her most days on the telly. <laughs> In that case, she must... what's been her major influence, Samantha? Um, I just kind of agree with every life decision she's made, pretty much. Lisa Simpson's going on. You don't want to put Angela Merkel on there or the Queen? Um, I don't really think they properly have influence over the everyday person. You're absolutely right, Samantha. Angela Merkel has no influence over us whatsoever. Thank you, Samantha. <laughs> 03459 555 555. Um, someone has suggested, where is it? Ted has suggested. Oh, Where are you walking to the college? Let's no. walk down there. Sorry, we, you're right, Just? Yeah, boss, I've got somebody with me. Reese, Reese. Hey, speak to Reese, yeah, go on. Well, you, you love a crossbed hearts and bucks. Um, influential ladies, who do you look up to, boss? The Queen. The Queen. They die like the he won Britain. Yeah, yeah. the Queen. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Thank you. Yeah. There you go, boss, the Queen. Well, yeah, excellent suggestion there. Because um, the, the, Ted has suggested um, <laughs> Angela Merkel, Hillary Clinton. Mm-hmm. Ooh, I nearly had a moment then. <laughs> Flipping out, got tongue tied at exactly the wrong moment. Uh, the Queen and Sam Fox. Yeah. Now, oh, they're, they're coming. Do you, do you want one more from Helen here on the streets? Yeah, oh, go, on, Helen. Fella, go on, fella. Go on. Helen, good morning. Right, okay. Give us your top two, your top two ladies who have really influenced you. Helen Mirren, yeah. Meryl Streep. Okay, why Helen Mirren, first of all? Because she just does, she just looks good for her age. What about her, Meryl? <laughs> She's just a really good actress. Yeah. Fantastic, great vibe, great shopping bag. Thank you, man. There you go, live Excellent. reaction on the streets. Helen, I don't get the love for Helen Mirren. I mean, oh, she's an okay actress. She's mm. okay. But you know why? Because I think that lady there mentioned it, I think it's key, because she looks so fantastic for her age that anybody... But, but, but. Yeah, yeah, okay. So, as, you know, as, as guys, we look up to people, don't we? The, the older men who still look fantastic, we look up to them, don't but, we? But we're talking about influence, right? I was hoping yeah. we'd compile a, a, a proper serious list, right? Yeah. And so far, we've got um, an actress 
Because yeah. she looks good because she's old. An yeah. old a good-looking old woman mm-hmm. and a cartoon character. Well, so somebody else has suggested it, and this is Aaron, by the way, who uh, has just walked into a supermarket. Arrogant Couldn't, Aaron. Arrogant. Well, he's not quite arrogant because uh, when he found out you know, who we were, Three Counties Radio, he's a big fan of the programme. Listens to it every good morning, single morning Aaron. in Watford. Morning. Describes us to as legends, apparently. Yeah. I think you must be listening to the wrong programme. But yeah. uh, he said, Susie Wolf. Now, I said, who's Susie Wolf? And he said, yeah, you wouldn't have heard of her probably, but uh, she apparently is a key figure in Formula One, a oh. male-dominated world, Susie Is she Wolf. the lady that wears the hot pants and holds up the cards <laughs> with the um, the track? No, no apparently oh. she doesn't wear hot pants, but she's involved. She's key in the management of Formula One, a name which often doesn't get mentioned. He said she deserves some credit because she does a fantastic job. You say she doesn't wear hot pants. I no. just found a picture where she does. Right. All right. Okay. Uh, so, Fair enough. Oh, okay. Well, we're going to take that to the streets for the last hour. 03459 555 Hang on a second. Morning, Denden. Good morning, sir. While, while the cat's away, the mice are going to be running all over the shop. Are they? Yes, they are, sir. Oh, well, anyway, my lady of uh, strength, how about Barbara Streisand? Lady of strength? Yes, yeah, she, she's, she's a hard woman. Huh? She might play soft parts and films, but she's a, a hard lady. How do you know? Have you had a night of passion with her? No, but I've listened to her when, she was, when they were arguing about making some records. What do you mean? You've, when did you listen to her arguing about making some records? This is the most insane well, story of, you've ever made up. Uh, yeah, well, it's, 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 they'd recorded it while she was talking about uh, uh, recording, and she was insisting on certain Gosh, things. this is getting very meta. They recorded her while they were talking about recording, yes, and you've heard that recording. Her, yes, they were, they were talking about some of the music she was putting out, and she was really laying the line down, yes. saying she wasn't going to do this. And what did you call, what did you say, the twentieth? The, the most, what what word did you use? What what word did you use, Kelly Betts? Strength. Strength. The twentieth strengthiest women. <laughs> Excellent, Dennis. Thank you as always. See you on Saturday. Um, oh three four five nine four double five five double five. We are compiling our twentieth strengthiest womenist. Okay. 20th strengthiest feminists. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much indeed. Before that, though, Justin, there's a snarky story in the papers today, having a laugh at the Rolling Stones. Now, I'm not a fan of the Rolling Stones, but this story is out of order. It's basically saying they're idiots and they're old because they want, every time they check into a hotel or go backstage, they demand, they demand, they have the instructions for the telly typed out because they can't work the telly. Now, Mm. I have wasted... When, it's funny when you're um, uh, uh, when you're a kid. I remember when the, the the video we got our first Betamax video recorder. No one could work out how to use it. Instinctively, I knew how to set the timer on the video. As, as an eight-year-old kid, I just knew how to do it. There was something about it. I knew how to work BBC micros and spectrums. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Now. I can't work stuff, and my kids know how to um, turn the Xbox on, and they know how to—they know how to do all that stuff that I can't do, and do the computer and stuff, right? Yeah. So it's an age thing. Mm. I don't know. I have wasted far too much of my life trying to work out TVs in hotel rooms or backstage for when you're recording a TV show. Big Brother, right? I used to record the spin-off show for Big Brother, and I did um, maybe a hundred of those things. I could never work out how to get it from the DVD channel to the TV channel. I couldn't do it. Absolutely. Couldn't do it. Dean, you've taken this to the streets. The worst one for me is Chef Mike. What? Chef Mike. I don't know what that... It's it's a microwave. Chef Mike? Yeah. You you know Chef Mike? I don't know Chef Mike. Did you get it? Because if you put your food into the microwave... Oh, yeah. Yeah, Chef Mike. Oh, you give him a name? 
Yeah, but okay. yeah, but every, every single place I go to, I always struggle with the microwave. I wish I had operating instructions for you, Justin, because I just think I'd get more out of you if I did. <laughs> Go on, you've taken this to the streets. So I, I have. Anyone else mention Chef Mike? No, they didn't, sadly. Um, yeah, technology you can't use. It was a tough one because most people think they know it all. And anybody, yeah, they do, in, don't they? That's the any, thing. anybody who knocked the Rolling Stones here, yeah. I took them to task, right? Because I wasn't having it a bit like you. Here's what the streets had to say. Yo, we're taking it to the streets with J-Dog. Hashtag Jagger can't work a TV. Technology you can't use. A car. I can't use it anyway. You've got a car that you can't use. Turn the ignition, mate. True, true. A very, very smart phone. Oh, <laughs> let's get the Canadian perspective. <laughs> Madam, technology that you can't use. Apple software. I find it very hard to use. It's really good but I find it very, very hard to use. Have you ever smashed up your home in sheer frustration because you're at your wit's end? No, I've thrown my phone at the wall. Where was the wall? In the living room. Wow. you got a violent streak, haven't you? <laughs> just a little bit. Yeah. Just, just a tad. <laughs> I'm not going to mess with you. That could be a separate phone-in. Technology that you've smashed up. Um, and lastly, the Rolling Stones are having problems using TVs in different hotels. Have you got any sympathy for these rock legends? I think it's a little bit funny because they've traveled. How dare you? I'm, so I'm sorry. But they've traveled the world and and I'm sure they've been to every hotel room. So yeah. surely they, it's kind of a universal thing. So you claim that you can use everything, correct? Right. What do you think about the Rolling Stones who can't use televisions properly? They're obviously too old to understand it. How dare you? They are legends of our country. I can't get with the times. Do you respect the Rolling Stones? Yeah, I expect all old bands, but no, I mean... No, no, respect. I, I do respect all, all old bands. My mum and dad listen to them all the time. Yeah. But it, it sounds to me like you don't. I do. Yeah. But they just... Are you it, sure? Yeah. On this world, we have to know all the technology. That's and true. We have, we have to update whatever the technology is coming. That's very, very true. So is there any technology that you can't use? Can you use a TV, kettle, toaster? I like to uh, have iPhone, it's very expensive, yeah, yeah. but it can't work. It's, um... Where'd you get all this music that just fits perfectly? The, the music, by the way, people say to me, what the music, it's got nothing to do with me. You're playing it underneath my yeah. package perfectly well. Yeah. Oh, yeah, well, listen, I, yeah. We're, we're a team. We, we are yeah. in sync. Mm, Not, uh, no, that's the boy band. We are in yeah. sync. All right, mm. so, the, the, Justin, excellent stuff as always. Uh, the next hour of the show, it's Ladies of Strength, please. Yeah. <laughs> Dennis has rechristened it. Ladies... <laughs> She's a great lady of strength, Lino, Barbara. Lino's got a great lady of strength on uh, on Twitter. Um, and I know you've had beef with Lino in the past. Let, let's put that beef to yeah. one side and let's yeah. all embrace, ladies and gentlemen, Diane Udale, a.k.a. Jet from The Gladiators. Oh, yes. Oh. I saw her on TV recently, still looking incredibly good. I, going back to the Big Brother thing, she um, would sometimes be a guest on there when I was on there. I used to have such a crush on her when I was, when I was younger. The mm. first time she walked into a room, I mean... I could not make eye contact for various reasons, of yeah. which I'm sure you can imagine. But flipping mm. it, what a strong woman. Oh. Women of strength, Justin, speak to the bits. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio.
A lane's closed on the M1 southbound between Junction 12 for Flitwick and the Toddington services, which is causing a queue back from Junction 13 for Bedford. And also the A5 is slow in both directions, approaching Woburn Road from Tebworth Road and Eastern Way. In Luton on the A6 Barton Road, it's been partially blocked by three separate accidents and some mud that's on the road between Great Bramingham Lane and Church Road. On Got Hill in Amersham, that's very slow southbound between the A413 and the A40 London Road. And the M40 is slow approaching the M25 from the Swakeley's roundabout in Uxbridge. It's also slow on the M25 clockwise. The lanes close just after Junction 26 Waltham Abbey, which is causing a delay from Junction 25 for Enfield. Samantha Bruff, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much, Sammy. Some creepers. Um, who's this? Oh, Mark in Bletchley. Women of strength. Uh, Sammy Bruff. Oh, come on, guys. Yes, she's a very strong woman, but really? Come on. Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's eight o'clock. I'm Simon Oxley. The headline staff suspended at Bedfordshire Nursing Home. Police search for missing pensioner. And Luton MP says those using prostitutes should be targeted. BBC Three Counties Radio. Six members of staff from a Bedfordshire nursing home have been suspended whilst investigations are carried out into alleged poor care after a camera was hidden in an elderly resident's room. The daughters of 85-year-old Matilda da Silva say hiding a camera above her wardrobe at Crossways Nursing Home in Renhold was a last resort following concerns about staff behaviour. Elizabeth de Silva is one of the elderly woman's daughters. The area management have watched this footage, so have social services, and it was the footage that gave them enough cause to suspend six staff. So I don't think we have been reacting okay. overly because, you know, it's our mum. Police in Aylesbury Vale are searching for a 71-year-old man who went missing in the early hours of this morning. Ivor Brent went missing from his home address in Stukeley at around 20 past midnight. He's described as white, approximately 5 foot 6 inches tall, of medium build, with short, dark grey hair. He was wearing grey trousers, a T-shirt and trainers. A British pensioner in Saudi Arabia has been told he will face 350 lashes for possessing homemade alcohol, which is banned in the country. The Foreign Office says it's trying to secure the release of Carl Andre, who's 74 and serving a 12-month prison sentence. Luton South MP Gavin Shuka will tell the Commons today that more time is spent on bringing sex workers to court than on those who are exploiting them. Mr Shuka says figures from the Crown Prosecution Service show that between 2013 and 15, more than 1,000 faced soliciting and loitering charges, whereas less than 500 were prosecuted for curb crawling. But he accepts residents in problem areas in Luton just want the women off the streets. I've argued consistently over the last five or six years for more police resources to be put into the problem, simply to target the men that are coming in, very often from outside of Luton, actually. Now, if we want to be serious about tackling that, uh, everyone's got to work together, including the residents, to say that there's a problem here. We do want police action. We do want targeted operations. But don't go after the women. They will get trapped in a cycle of abuse. 
Labour MPs have expressed anger that the party leadership has made a U-turn over government proposals that would require future administrations to maintain a budget surplus. Having said he would support the move last night, the Shadow Chancellor John McDonnell told MPs they should oppose it in a parliamentary vote tomorrow. Police have issued a warning to motorists who filmed the aftermath of yesterday's crash on the M1 in Hertfordshire. Traffic officers say they saw between 40 and 50 drivers using their phones and were videoing those people. The three-car crash happened just after one o'clock between junctions four and five and resulted in four people being taken to hospital. In sport, England's cricketers have started the first test against Pakistan in Abu Dhabi. Pakistan won the toss under batting. A short while ago, they were 24 for one. And England's footballers made it 10 wins from 10 qualifying matches for next summer's European Championships with a 3-0 win in Lithuania last night. The weather mostly dry and sunny, but with the chance of a shower and feeling cold in the wind, a maximum temperature 13 degrees Celsius. And you can get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash 3 counties. Well, Lino has a lot of um, women of strength. That's what we're doing the last hour of the show. I don't quite know why. A, mi- a, a, a flawed list in a newspaper, a misunderstanding from a pensioner, and boom, we have a phone in. Lino's other, it says, my other lady of strength is Xenia Onatop from Goldeneye. She kills fellas with her thighs. Oh, it rhymes. Ladies of strength. <laughs> Old June in Luton. Kelly, can you do that top um, text for me from June? I couldn't read anything as cheesy as that out. Ian, hi. Don't forget that women we all call mum, she is the most influential woman in our lives. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you. Oh, June. June. 03459 455 555. We've got that. We've got putting cameras in care homes. I don't see a problem with it. In fact, you know what? Let's put cameras in all care homes, in all rooms, in all care homes. Unless the person says and is, is, is compass mentis enough to say, I don't want one. I do not want one. Then let's put them all in. Let's put... This is it. Let, I've, I've got it. The vibe is strong. The last 56 minutes of this show are going to be good. Partly because we've got Andy Day versus Shazad Kadam. No, they're not versus. They're separate interviews. Although, boy, oh boy, I'd love to hear Andy. And Anyway, it doesn't matter. We should... It should be an opt-out system, and this makes perfect sense now. There are cameras in all rooms, in all care homes, unless the resident is mentally capable enough to say, I don't want one. In which case, the camera's out. Simple problem solved. Our elderly, our disabled, our mentally infirm are safe once again. You can thank me later. 03459 455 555. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It says on my screen, I'm, oh, no, hang on a second, it says on my screen, Yvonne from Tring. Good morning, Yvonne. Hi. How are you doing, Yvonne? You're right. Yes, thanks. Can I just, listen, standards have dropped in this country, Yvonne. And I'm going to yeah. tell you why. Because I've got a screen, OK, and it tells me who's phoned in. They type in on the screen who's phoned in and uh, sometimes what they want to talk about, but more often than not, they don't, right? So it says on my phone, Fader 3, Yvonne from Tring. Did you type this, Danny? Maybe. Yeah. Do you want to um, do you want to tell Yvonne how you've disrespected her? I haven't disrespected Yvonne. S- read out how you've spelt her name to me. <laughs> Is that not right? Oh, I can't. E E. They spelt it. He spelt it with an E, Yvonne. But that's how you know it's Yvonne. Oh, 
No, it's you spell it with a Y, mate. That's how you know it's Yvonne. Because it's Yvonne. got a Y at the start. Uh, uh, That's what? <laughs> Yvonne. That's Yvonne. I'm so sorry, Yvonne. It's just... I, I use that just to... Hi he is broken Britain personified. Yeah. I'm so... Anyway, uh, Yvonne, what would you like to say? Emily Pankhurst. Huh? Emily Pankhurst. Well, uh, what, as a strong woman? Yes. I mean, they've made a film of her. Oh, now, okay, hang on. All right, in that Emily Pankhurst. Yeah. Right. That's not her name. What is her name, then? Well, hang on a minute. You've called her up to say that she's a lady of strength, <laughs> and you don't, well, even, you don't even know what her happen. name is. Let me tell you, this radio station was on and my husband was in it. My car last night, and he said to me, what the hell? Why don't you get into a car and put something on that you can learn something from? So <laughs> at least I'm learning something. No, you, you won't learn nothing from this rubbish, Yvonne, I'm afraid. If anything, we will do it. It's Emmeline. Oh, Emmeline, yeah. Emmeline. Now, who's that? Right, okay, there is a film about. Ah, all right, I tell you what, I tell you what. And Meryl Streep's in it. Mer yeah, Meryl Streep plays. Emmeline Pankhurst. So I'm not. Do you know what? Yeah. I think Meryl Streep is um uh, is a strengthier lady than Emmeline Pankhurst. So I'm not going to allow Pankhurst. I'll allow Streep. Oh, that's ridiculous. What do you mean? All she does is act. Well, she all she well, is is an actress. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's I mean, but she's she's playing. This, this woman, this woman died for us. No, she's playing the part of. Emmeline Pankhurst. So she's like... Getting well paid for it. Yeah, exactly. So she's like even better. Oh, right. Okay, then. How did Emmeline Pankhurst die? You said she died for us. Remind me. Yeah, I think she... Did she Did she run in front of a racehorse? I don't quote me because my husband's going to say you're so stupid. Yeah. Yeah. She... Uh, yeah, she didn't die in front of a racehorse. Oh, she just got, oh, like, old and ill. Oh, did she? Oh, I know that one of her followers did. Right, I, it's got to be Streep. You don't know anything about Emily Pankhurst. It's got... Um, Streep is going on. Are you happy with that, Yvonne? Yes, I'm fine. Thank you very much indeed. <laughs> Thank you, Yvonne. Oh, that's nice. Husband left uh, BBC Three Counties Radio on and she <laughs> and tricked her into thinking she'd learned something. Well, he was probably listening to Roberto's show, so he would have learned something, like proper intelligent show. She comes in and goes, what's he doing listening to this rubbish? I'm going to phone in and talk about Emily Pankhurst, a woman who doesn't exist and who did not die in front of a horse. She died for us. No, Meryl Streep will die for us. That's not a threat. That's just a really badly constructed sentence. 03459 555555. Now, six members of staff have been suspended from a care home in Bedfordshire after footage from a hidden camera allegedly shows poor care and unsafe practice. Investigations will now be held into the treatment uh, 85-year-old Matilda de Silva received at Crossways Nursing Home in Renholt. Her family say that using uh, the camera was a last resort. Well, Nadra Ahmed is chair of the National Care Association. Nadra, isn't it time that we put cameras in all rooms in care homes unless the residents decide to opt out? I really hope not. Um, uh, I think this is an erosion of trust um, uh, between the partnership of the uh, family and the care provider. So when we um, 
take a client into our services or when you decide to put somebody into your care services, you are putting a level of trust in them. So this is an erosion of that trust and that's built around the images that have been projected through the very, very high-profile NHS cases of Winterbourne View, Midstaffs. And there are uh, uh, times when this may be appropriate, but I think we've got to take a step very, very clearly towards making sure that all care is safe. Of course we do. But it's not, though. Uh, and we'd love it to be. In an ideal world, we'd love it to be. But it's not. You, 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 people aren't getting paid enough. Um, a lot of them have very, very minimum training. And some of them, some of them, a minority of them, and I'm speaking from a, a position of experience, are dodgepots. Well, and, think... and it's not just the big cases that you mentioned. There are, there are hundreds of smaller examples of the trust being betrayed. Well, I think you've just answered the question in, in, uh, in, in your question to me, it is about getting the training right and the pay right and all of those things right. But is the, ca- is the putting in of cameras, the yeah. question will always remain, is that going to uh, make that much difference yes. to, to the practice? Um, and actually, yes, I think there will be cases, and I think this, the, the one that you're highlighting today is obviously a case um, that, that has brought results. And I think what I fear for my industry is that we're, going, we're, we're being swept down this route instead of actually looking at the endemic causes, and that is about the training, yeah. the recruitment retention, and, uh, and the pay. Those well, the pay is never going to change. The pay is never going to change. Well, we've got to try and make it change. We try and professionalise yeah. this. You know, what we've got to remember is the people that we're caring for in these services now used to be looked after by trained staff in long-stay geriatric wards. What we've done is, as a society, have found it acceptable to put this all out into the independent sector, but we've actually not funded it properly. Well, so but that funding, that funding isn't going to change. We all know well, it is... it's got to change. I well, think we're at a stage now where the, the government recognises that, that, that social care is a major issue. Yeah, and the, go- the government want it as cheap as possible because they could not afford to pay anything like what those those people are worth. And, so and you wh- and I, so you and I, yeah. w- with voices, have got to make that happen somehow. No, and listen, it. but it isn't. But it isn't okay. Well, what, what, in the meantime, while we're waiting for this fantasy change that's never going <laughs> to happen, we need to make those people that are in those care homes safe. So Absolutely. why not install cameras? Absolutely, and, and, I, and I, I can see why, why people are doing it, but I think I would still urge people that if there is something going wrong in a service, and there is provider responsibility in this as well, if somebody comes to you, and I had a mum in a care service, so I speak from, from experience, somebody with very high levels of dementia and Parkinson's, so somebody who was very, very frail, um, if something is going wrong in a service, you must bring it to the notice of somebody. Uh, but that's after it's happened. That's after it's happened. If there's no, a camera in the there, symptoms. that will stop. That will that will prevent some of it from happening. But the symptoms uh, from the very beginning will start to emerge. If you find something different in your loved one as you go in, then you must bring it to the attention of the, uh, no, of the provider. No, I want now, I want my provider. loved ones. No, I want, I don't I don't I don't want to be. I don't want to be playing detective. I, d- I don't want to go, oh, hang on a minute, mum's not really happy. Hmm. I, and then you've got to work backwards and find out that someone's been, you know, been rude to her or so abusive to her. why you put somebody into a service where you don't 
trust the level. Because there of is care. no other option, and you well, know, there are lots of options. No, there are not. I'm you, really sorry. What are the other what options? What you're saying is that every care home in the county, in the country, is bad. No, I haven't I said that at all. If, I, I, I've not I'm said that sorry. at all, Nadra. No, Nadra. That's what you just said. No, I've not said that at all, and that's that. Uh, uh, that is absolutely untrue. In fact, I've made it very uh, clear that I'm saying it's not all of them, but it's the bad ones that means yes. we can't trust the good ones. That's the same argument. The bad ones... No, it's not the, the same argument. Ones, of course it's not the it's, same argument. The bad ones we cannot trust is what, what I'm saying to you is, if that is the case, then of course, if the provider's not listening to you, nobody's listening to you, of course you must put cameras in. When you go into a cert, when you go in to place somebody in a home, you go in thinking they're going to be good. That's the decision you make. No, and you, you also, you, Nadra, you not. also know, you're being unfair because you also know that most people don't have a choice as to where they go. They're waiting for someone to die, and then you have a list of like three or four that you'd really like, you put them in preference, it's like applying for a school, and then you are waiting for a place to appear. You do not, and also so if you're being funded by the council, then you've got to have one that they agree to, which is not necessarily going to be the well, best one. You don't have a choice you, of where you get to go. Why would you place a loved one in a service like that? There are lots because of you have no about. choice. You do have. Choice. What's the choice, why, Nadra? Why, why don't you why tell are me what the choice down is? This route of not having choice because there you is know. no choice. There aren't enough care homes. If you're being funded by the council, they dictate what they're going to pay. As you know, care home prices can range wildly by hundreds and hundreds of pounds, and there aren't enough spaces. So if you want to get in a really good one, you're waiting for someone to die. Well, I think we have to change that, don't we? Well, but if we don't. We, if, okay, if but that's going to take years to, me, to do. What, if what you're saying to me is that every local authority funded care home is bad. No, I'm not saying that, and that's, and that's unfair choice, of you to say that. You have, that is unfair of you to say that, Nadra, and you know for a fact I'm not saying that. You tell me what choice, okay? I'm going to put mum into a care home. What choice have I got? You have, in, in the vast majority of areas, there will be at least 10 to 15 care provis- uh, providers. Okay, and how that's many spaces have those care providers got? Average. How many spaces have those care providers got at the moment? Depends on which area you're in. Yeah, doesn't it, Josh? Because a lot of them, they ain't got none. If you're in an area like um, Southern Kent, there will be lots of choices. We're not in Southern Kent. What What if you're in Buckinghamshire? In Buckinghamshire, you may have less choice. You're You've got right. hardly any choices. You've got a choice, uh, and so I know you think this. But the answer is to put cameras into every home. Well, your answer is to wait for ten years until they get enough funding no. to pay people a decent no, wage. I'm not, I'm not saying. Well, why should we have to wait ten years for something that's because so the crucial. change you're talking about isn't gonna happen. Get into the real world, Nadra. The, the government the are not going to give. The I, government I are think, not going to pay. Do you know how I many think... volunteers are working in these care homes that don't get any money? Well, I don't know about volunteers working in care homes because there's very, very strict rules. Volunteers working in the care home that my mum goes to? Yeah. Yeah. In hospices and in those sort of services, there are a lot more volunteers. We don't get as many volunteers in the independent sector as we'd like. It would be wonderful if we did have. But in charities, there are a lot more volunteers. You're absolutely right. The thing is, why do we have to wait? Why do we? My mum is in an excellent care home, right? An excellent care home, right? Mm -hmm. She had 90 quid nick from her the other week by one of the carers. Now, that carer's still working there. Really well, highly rated. Then see- you have a really good case to put a camera in then to see who d- that, that you can monitor that. As long as you... Yeah, but she's... L- so but that's after. That trust has been betrayed. That 90 quid has gone and that trust has been betrayed. Why have we got to wait? Why have we got to... Why have we got to wait for the bad thing to happen? Why not have it in there as a preventative measure? I don't... I don't... 
know why it would be a preventative measure. Because, because they would know there was a camera and they wouldn't nick 90 quid from a disabled so, woman who doesn't know what okay. day it is. So let's 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 just take a step back. So you you know you get your way, and we put cameras in every yeah. single care home. Yeah. So we then have to have somebody who monitors those cameras so in a hundred bedded care service. There's a hundred rooms no, with a hundred no. cameras. You're on a flawed it. premise. Flawed premise. It's a flawed premise. Why? Because um, we had uh, cameras in my boys' nursery. We could log in whenever we wanted. Into. But well, these are bedrooms. This is not a classroom. These yeah, are yeah, bedrooms. but into the bedrooms. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So we have to make sure that the dignity of the individuals... We, we, this goes down a long route, and there is guidance on this. I know this is what CQC's um, done. Uh, my mother was in a care service, as I said. If there had been a camera in that service, when my father visited my mother, and there were very, very poignant moments for them in, the, right. uh, in that, that would have been filmed... Periods where my father was crying, periods where he couldn't understand, he was tortured, all being filmed. Now, out of all of that, we've got to take out... And I think where there is poor practice, of course we must have some surveillance or some supervision. But, but you don't good. know where the poor practice is. This home my mum yeah. lives in it rates incredibly highly on the CQC report. Incredibly highly. But there's a dodgepot that thought it was acceptable to nick 90 quid from her. And there are other examples of behaviour going on like that. I think you just live, you, you're living in a slight fantasy world where all of the care I homes, don't. it's a I tiny minority really sorry, of care homes. That's, that's, quite, that's quite untrue and quite Well, then unfair. we're quits then, because you I said some quite untrue un, un, un stuff that I I'm haven't sorry, said as well. I have run care homes. I absolutely understand um, what the trust that we take on from relatives. Now, there are, like me, as a provider at that time, there are hundreds and thousands there are 24,000 facilities there are people who care that's why they invest and they run these services there is a well, you live in a fantasy world now where there are loads of spaces loads of beds just waiting for people with dementia and disabilities to go in that's not the case anyone who's trying to find a care home knows how difficult it is to get a space so shouldn't we be making sure that the services is improved yeah, well, yeah, but while we're doing that, while we're waiting, while we're waiting for this, this fantasy funding that is never going to come because the government can't afford it and won't invest into it, rightly or wrongly, well, we just I let these carers just go in there. They can I go and abuse that. people. They can be rude to people. They can throw their teddies on the floor. They can go and nick money out of their safes. So we just put well, up with that. Calling. If that's going on in a service, of course put cameras in. Why wouldn't you? If no. that's going on, and that's the sort of services that you're talking about, then yes, of course, put surveillance in there and let's see what it brings up and how much we have to wait. We then get into the sector. We have to wait. More... Sorry? We have to, but in, in your world, we have to wait for the crime or the no, abuse to I'm have not, happened. I'm not. No, you know, when something's going wrong in a service, it doesn't, it, it's not post an event. You can tell there's a culture well, in no, a service. No, you can't, Nadra. That's, yes, you know, you I'm can't. Really you, sorry, you may be you able can. to. How was I supposed to know that there was a thief walking around? How can I tell that there is a thief walking around? How, can, how am I supposed to know that? You, you can't. No, and that, that's an opportunity, but that's, a, that, that's in any, any other world as well. That's okay. very shameful in a vulnerable society, yeah. like a care setting. I absolutely agree. Where but none of us know where, where these thieves operate from. And also, you can't pick up... You, you, you yeah. know, well, you, you know that, well, you know that when family... When a family walks into a care home, Nadra, you know that when a family walks into a care home, everybody's on their best behaviour. And in some care homes, when they walk out, that facade drops. 
but there are other people visiting at that time. So the facade has to drop at a certain time. You're right, but a home should be an open building where people come and go. Okay, well, Nadra, thank you very much indeed. Nadra Ahmed, Chair of the National Care Association. 03459 455 Vicky's on the line. Morning, Vicky. Morning. What would you like to say, Vicky? That lady, she just doesn't know what she's talking about. I completely well, agree with you. Go on, tell me, tell me your story. So my granddad is blind. He's been living by himself in his own home since my grandma passed away about seven years ago. Um, and he was doing fine. But at the beginning of this year, he had a fall. And he broke his hip. Um, so he went into the hospital and he we, we were told he won't be able to go back home because he can't walk. And obviously being blind, mm. he was he, he knows he's like, you know, he knew his own home. We would all go in sort of, you know, we've got big family. We would all go in, in and out of the home during the day. But he needed somebody there all the time. Being from an Asian family, difficult decision. Didn't really want to put him into a well, care Well, well, in did. fairness, I think it's, it's, it's not an easy decision for white families either. It's a difficult decision no. for any family. Yeah, no, I agree. And um, so we, our family is in a position where we were able to be self-funding um, and have a choice of, of where we wanted him to go. Yeah. Went and looked around for quite some time at all the different care homes. The one that we chose is has best reputation. Yeah. Um, and it's it's it is one of the best. It's probably the most expensive. Um, so he's in it's been in this care home since March, April this year. And when we went there to see it, you know, they the way they sold it to us was this was sort of the Hilton of um Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, care homes. Um since being there, he has had money stolen. Mm. We did report it, um, and they couldn't evidence it. They couldn't prove. We couldn't prove who had taken it or or whatever. So no one, no one got in trouble. No one got the boot. That person is still walking around there. How does that make That's you feel? Walking around that cafe. Yeah, we we don't know who it is. Um, so, but they they did. I have to say they were very proactive. The manager there was very proactive. You know, the police were called in. People were interviewed. But you know. Everyone's good. You, know, you would deny it. Someone's obviously yeah. denying it. And that trust, uh, Vicky, I've got to end it there. I'm really sorry because I'm, I'm, I'm juggling, I'm spinning plates at them, but thank you. And, and that trust is lost. Thank you, Vicky. 03459 455 555. Now, Bedfordshire MP will today raise the issue of unfair prosecutions for prostitution in a Westminster debate. The Labour MP for Luton South, Gavin Shuker, claims that twice as many women are being arrested for soliciting as men are for curb crawling. And this is unfair. Let's speak to Kat Bangyard from the End Demand campaign, who's working to decriminalise being paid for sex and to criminalise paying for sex. Right, I think I've got that right. Morning, Kat. Morning, Ian. Um, what do you think about what Gavin Shuker's saying and the questions he's going to raise in Westminster? Well, I think it's great that uh, Gavin Shuker MP is raising this in Parliament today because it's an issue that is all too um, frequently pushed to the sidelines. But actually, we have a huge problem in the UK of sexual exploitation. It's estimated that 80,000 people are exploited through prostitution every year. And what we know is that the vast majority of people in prostitution are highly vulnerable before they become involved and suffer acute harms as a result of being in there. So we know that 50% of people in prostitution started being paid for sex acts before they were 18 years old. So this is not an issue of uh, free choice, and there are lots of myths around prostitution. 
But what the Crown Prosecution Service recognises rightly is that prostitution is violence against women. So the last thing we should do to people who are exploited through it is punish them for it. What we need to do is shift that burden of criminality and put it where it belongs, which is those who fuel this trade, which is the sex buyers. It's, I, I'm, I'm, I, I, do you know what, I don't know what my thoughts are on this, so I hope you don't mind if I kick around a few ideas. And if any of these sound clunky, then I, then I kind of apologise. I, I guess both sides are fueling it, aren't they? Yes, there are the men that you know are going out there uh, uh, and paying for it. But if if you take that away, then there won't be the women standing on the streets. But then if you take the women away that are standing on the streets, you won't have the men going out there looking for it. Well, we know that the only reason that prostitution exists is because of demand. It's This is a simple issue of supply and demand. Because there is currently a minority of men in this country who are willing and wanting to sexually exploit people by paying them for sex, that is the only reason women are trafficked into this country, into prostitution. Mm. That is the only reason that girls and women are exploited through the sex trade. Now, we know that that demand is not inevitable. Most men don't pay for sex. A lot of men would say... That's an abhorrent way to treat another human being. I would never do that, which is absolutely as it should be. And yet there is a minority in this country who think they are entitled to pay vulnerable women for sex. And at the moment, the law says to them, well, you are, because it's legal. Is it a feeling of entitlement, Kat, or is it a um, a lack of understanding of the situation? Do you you not think that maybe some of these gentlemen uh, might need help? Well, I actually spent um, a day recently talking to sex buyers to find out about their reasoning. And what I found is that what they said to me very much mirrored what we can see from the research, which is that the men who pay for sex are hugely diverse. Um, Most, I mean, studies repeatedly come back saying that most are, you know, are in employment, they have families. But what unites them is this feeling that they're, they feel entitled to pay women for sex, that because they're handing over money, they're entitled to a service. But the point is, this isn't an ordinary consumer transaction. This is sexual exploitation. And what the statistics um, that Gavin Shuker is going to be talking about in Parliament today show is that our prostitution laws are simply not working. What we're doing is we're punishing those who are exploited and letting those who exploit walk away scot-free. That's obviously got to change. So we're calling for the laws to change. We need to criminalise paying for sex and, to, and support women involved in prostitution to get out by decriminalising them and providing support services. Kat, have you got three or four minutes? I'm so late for the news. Could you hang on for a minute? Would that be all right? Yes, that's fine. It's brilliant. Stay there. Thank you very much, because this is fascinating. I want to get a bit more, and I, I don't want to kind of rush all of this. So, excellent stuff. Thank you very much indeed. 03459 555555. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. On the M11, there's a lane closed southbound between Junction 9 for Saffron Walden and 8 for Bishop Saltford because of an accident. Also on the M1 southbound, it's very slow between Junction 13 for Bedford to Junction to Toddington Services. That's because of an accident earlier between two lorries and a car, so it's taking a long time to get southbound on the M1 through that stretch. It's also busy on the A5 in both directions in Hockcliffe, approaching Woburn Road from Tebworth Road and Eastern Way. And the A6 Barton Road in Luton is partially blocked in both directions because of three separate 
separate accidents and some mud that's on the road between Great Bramingham Lane and Church Road and that's now causing delays back from Higham Road from Barton Lickley. On the trains there's no reported problems but if you're using the train to get into the London Underground the Metropolitan Line suspended between Baker Street and Old Gates because of a signalling problem at King's Cross in Pancras. It's also causing severe delays on the Hammersmith and City Line. Samantha Bruff, BBC Three Counties Radio. Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's 8.30, I'm Simon Oxley. Six members of staff from a Bedfordshire nursing home have been suspended after a camera was hidden in an elderly resident's room. Police in Aylesbury Vale are searching for a 71-year-old man who went missing from his home in Stukeley just after midnight. Fire crews have tackled a blaze at a house in Stevenage this morning. It broke out downstairs at the property in Cromdale Walk. And police in Milton Keynes are investigating an attempted ram raid at the Waitrose supermarket in Oak Grove in the early hours of this morning. Three Counties Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. England's cricketers have started the first test against Pakistan in Abu Dhabi this morning. Pakistan won the toss and are batting first. A short while ago, they were 51 for one with James Anderson taking the early wicket. England's footballers made it 10 wins from 10 qualifying matches for next summer's European Championships with a 3-0 win in Lithuania last night. Former MK Dons midfielder Delhi Ali made his second sub-appearance with one of England's goals, an own goal by Watford keeper Gidrius Arlauskis. Here's last night's captain, Phil Jagiel. No games are easy, especially in international football. People will say the group isn't the hardest one we could have got, but you know at the time Switzerland win the top eight when, when we had to go and play them first game and the boys did fantastic. So we've we've got the momentum going early on in the in the qualifying campaign and just kept it going and going. The managers had you know a lot of decisions to make um, selection wise due to a lot of injuries in, in certain areas. So uh, fair play to the to the coaching staff and the manager as well, picking the right team at the right time. Hemel Hempstead and Hitchin are both out of the FA Cup after losing third qualifying round replays last night. Hemel lost 2-1 at Sutton, Hitchin lost 2-1 at home to Enfield. In the National League tonight, Boreham Wood begin life without Ian Allenson with a home match against Aldershot. Allenson resigned as Wood boss yesterday after seven and a half years at the club and says going full-time didn't suit his own career. We made a decision a couple of weeks ago to, to go full-time in terms of training Monday morning, Thursday morning, Friday morning. And obviously I've got a full-time job here and it just didn't work for me. Um, I've typically go over three weeks, um, but just felt that I'd lost a little bit of um, hold of, of, the, of the club in terms of me being in charge with the first team. And a skate park in Hemel Hempstead, new floodlights for Stockwood Park Rugby Club in Luton and repairs to the landing stage at Broxbourne Rowing Club are among 20 sports clubs in the East Region to benefit from money from Sport England. They will share more than a million pounds to improve facilities. BBC Three Counties News and Sports, the next full bulletin is at nine. This is Ian. Thank you, Simon. On BBC right. Three Counties Radio. Man alive. The first hour on the show was as... As a limp as anything, and now now it's all because the last half hour of the show we've got Andy Day from C- <laughs> we've got Andy Day from CBeebies coming up after a discussion about prostitution. I know, I bet he thought that would never happen, um, but we've got a guest I want to go back to. Bev, we're talking today about Gavin Shuka, who claims that twice as many women are being arrested for soliciting as men are for curb crawling. He says it's unfair. He's going to mention it in uh, Westminster today. Uh, we're speaking to Cat Banyard from the uh, End Demand campaign, who are working to decriminalise being paid for sex.
and to criminalise paying for sex. Uh, Kat, thank you for hanging on. Um, no we, th- we've heard stories on this show before of uh, people who have, um, who's, you know, their streets, they can't go out at night because there are loads of prostitutes hanging around and they have people um, having sex in their rubbish chutes and against their back doors and all these kind of um, things. And those residents get very angry and they want a quick response. Now, I can understand the logistics of the long term of helping these women, you know, maybe get off drugs, off alcohol, get out of abusive relationships, you know, maybe be aware of what benefits they're entitled, all these things. But that takes a long time to, to work and to fix the problem, doesn't it? These people, these, these residents, they just want them off the streets. And if that involves them being carted off in the back of a police van, well, then they would say, yeah, so what? Can you explain why that's not necessarily the best way forward? Well, in addition to it being wrong to punish someone for being exploited, the reality is criminalising women exploited through prostitution doesn't help. It doesn't fix the problem because the question is, where are they going to earn the money to pay the fine? It's back out on the street. And so you have the criminal justice system just being this revolving door. So it's not a solution just to slap a fine um, on someone who's being paid for sex. What we've seen in towns and cities where they've taken an end-demand approach by focusing on the sex buyers is that actually you can turn this around. So after the tragic murders of five women in Ipswich in 2006... The police in Ipswich completely overhauled their practice because they had, um, obviously, uh, on-street prostitution there. What they did is they stopped arresting the women because it was pointless, but they supported them to exit the sex trade. So they worked with local agencies to address the many issues that these women faced. But they cracked down on the curb crawlers. They had zero tolerance policy on it. So they arrested the men who were fueling this exploitative trade. And what they found was in the space of just um, a, a few years is that they eliminated street prostitution. And it wasn't a case that they just displaced it. They had tackled the demand because it became widely known and widely publicized that if men go there to pay for sex, they will be arrested. It just moves it, though, doesn't it? You you, you have to make it, you know, complete coverage because otherwise it just moves it. And we often hear that, that, you know, not often, we occasionally hear uh, that the police kind of turn in a blind eye to one street or one block of flats or, you know, just because, okay, we, we know that that's where the prostitution is happening and it's kind of easier if it's all happening there and it's happening in one place. Well, I mean, absolutely. What we need is a consistent approach across the UK. Our laws at the moment send really mixed messages. So it, w- prostitution itself is legal at the moment. To pay for sex is legal. And yet it's just particular aspects around it which are criminalised, such as curb crawling or uh, soliciting. But what we find is that there's a really um, mixed picture in terms of how the police deal with it. Because in some areas, what we can see from these statistics is they crack down on women who are being paid for sex. So they criminalise the women rather than going after the punters. That is why we need the sex buyer law across the UK. The sex buyer law is where you decriminalise being paid for sex because we know that it's pointless and it doesn't help, but it criminalises paying for sex, sending a message to that minority of men who pay for sex that says, 
what you're doing is wrong and you will be held to account. So I would say to anyone concerned about this problem is that is to contact your MP because the only way that we will get this change in the law is by ordinary citizens raising their voices, contacting their MPs and demanding change. Kat, listen, I've, I've got to end it there. I'm really sorry. Thank you so much for hanging on. That's Kat Banyard from the End Demand Campaign. I really appreciate your time. This is Ian Lee on BBC Three Counties Radio. Well, this this is a segue. <laughs> we're hapless, we're mapless. Our crew is rife with slackness, but we're happy to be on the seven seas. We don't eat our five a day, and we let our teeth decay. We've got bad breath and toe jam and fleas. Ha <laughs> We're mad, we're mad, we're silly and we're mad. We're up to something funny all the time. <laughs> I talk with me mouthful, pick me nose and belch your verb and I don't care if we can't get online because... We're pirates! Pirates! We're really awful pirates, so look out! We're pirates! Now there's, there's a, a segue that uh, I certainly thought I would, uh, would never make and I'm guessing Andy Day, star of CBeebies, follow that, Andy! <laughs> Brilliant scheduling there, brilliant! <laughs> How are you doing, mate? You're right. Oh, I'm really good, thank you, Ian. Yeah, really good. But, <clears throat> thank you. Now, I've got very, to say, for listen, because there, are, there, there will be lots of mums and dads listening. For those, just remember, Andy Day is he's on CBBS. He's not the irritating little Welsh guy. <laughs> Who's listening, actually? Yeah, it's yeah. annoying. He's not the really hot one that does the cooking program, Katie. <laughs> um, you're the tall fella with the big curly hair, right? That's the one. Yeah. Excellent. Uh, and what what are you up to at the moment? Well, um, quite a lot, actually. We're uh, currently filming a new um, dinosaur programme. Get in there. This one's, called, <laughs> this one's called Prehistoric Adventures. Yeah. And it's all about, you go, you go back um, like thousands of years in time, instead of millions of years in time, uh, and see giant mammals, giant sloths, parasitic. <laughs> I love, the, I love the, the differences. Instead of going back millions of years in time, we go back thousands of years in time. I love it. <laughs> I love it. I love it. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and it's really good actually. This it's got it's got a few new characters in it, and uh, there's loads more that happens. The footage that they use, there's there's more of it, so that the adventure I kind of shrink down. I'm flying, I'm jumping off things. Fantastic. Uh, yeah, it's re- it's loads of good fun, and uh, I did some underwater shooting and stuff. But um, other than that, I've I've also been that. Well, we just released an album, and this is uh, what I'm playing. Which... This is what I'm playing now. I'm not just playing a random song about pirates, just to kind of um, you know break <laughs> up the, the 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 rather tense mood after that heavy conversation. <laughs> this this is this is you and. Uh... There we go. What do you mean, hate spam? What is this kind of nonsense you're peddling to our kids? This sick filth. Uh, Andy, Andy and the Odd Socks. Who invited this lot? That's the album. That is the album. Yes. And you very you can kindly get it on my website, which is www.andyday.tv, or you can get it on iTunes. But it's oh, uh, .tv. It's you, didn't, you didn't get the .com. Who's sitting on the .com domain then? Someone sitting on the .com. Jeez. I'm going to find them. I'm going to have to find them. Pay them. Probably not that much, actually. I'll I'm be honest, sure Andy. Not. I'll be honest. I hate your record. <laughs> no, because I've got two boys, and my boys love you. They're kind of going away a bit from CBBS at the moment, but, but um, you know, they're five and three, and they love you. And we got this album, and just it's one of those things where you just got to listen to it all the flipping. you got Andy's album. Quit put Andy's album. I've lost it. <laughs> Sorry, guys, I've lost it, because they love all of that nonsense. Oh, uh, well, oh, that's good. That's really, really good. Well, the album, it took us... It, and 
it sounds a bit um, mini rock and roll, but it took us about two years to make, actually. It was right. myself and uh, music producers in Bristol called Bunker Sonics, and they're brilliant. They did the title music for <laughs> Dinosaur Adventures and World Adventures and stuff. Yeah. And, um, and yeah, we wanted to make an album that was kind of like mini, my, uh, a mini Mighty Boosh or a Flight of the Concords for kids. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, oh, it's good. And you do, are you doing any more of your live show? Because what was it we came and saw TikTok Time Machine? Yeah, you came to see TikToks and you came to see Big Box of Bananas, but then... I think little one uh, got a bit got a bit scared. Yes, he got, we, we were we were a little bit too young for that, and we had to leave. But um, are you doing any more of your live shows? Um, no, actually, that's oh. uh, maybe there'll be a there'll be a third one. But we, I'm doing lots of uh, festivals next year, and I'm doing Panto in Bristol. Uh, what, so, what yeah, are you doing, Andy? Come and see. Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. And no, I'm not one of the dwarfs. Ladies and gentlemen, he, he comes with his own else. gags. Listen, <laughs> as always, when we get you on, I like to get some um, uh, hard questions for you. Again, right. inappropriate after that last conversation. Um, I have, uh, I've not heard all of these, OK? So, are you ready to... And you're going to answer honestly, yeah? I'm a bit nervous. Go on. OK, this is from Harley, who's age five. How tall are you? Oh, well, I can definitely answer honestly with that. Six foot four and a half. Flipping it! You're taller than that because I'm six foot four and you're, like, way taller than me. No, you're taller than me. You're, the... you're six foot five. You need to measure yourself <laughs> You've got the curly hair. That's what does it. You're cheating I've on the curly hair. hair. exactly. If uh, you shaved my head, I'd be six foot. Oh, God, you'd also be really even weirder looking. Now, <laughs> no, I mean, <laughs> no. Strange. Are you sure Alex the Welsh one is listening today? He's definitely listening. He'll be laughing now or crying. Yeah, or or drunk. Now, no, no, no. (laughs) Uh, This is from Jess, who's age six. How colourful is too colourful? How colourful is too (laughs) colourful? How colourful is too colourful? Yes. Well, I'd have to say... (laughs) (laughs) Got to answer it honestly. Very, very colourful. Okay, let's hang and find out. No, that's the wrong answer. That's the wrong oh, answer, I'm no. afraid, Andy. I love that. So email me that. Um, we've got a question. We did ask for uh, older people to send in questions as well. Um, this is from... Uh, oh, this is from a local. This is from Barry. Hello there. Uh, Barry from Watford here. Uh, <laughs> and my question for Andy today is about kids' television and it's this. Do you ever foresee a time where decent kids' programmes like Blue Peter and, and, and such like uh, are made for children, or does it have to be all the wham, bam, flashing images, <laughs> three-second attention span uh, rubbish that we get fed nowadays? <laughs> Th- thank you. <laughs> Ian, do you know how much it excites me that Barry from Watford's asked me a question? <laughs> I knew it would. Can I've you answer the question? To you for years. <laughs> Can I answer that question? Yeah. Um, Will we get decent kids' well, TV programmes back again? Is what uh, he's saying. I, I would. I would say that we already have very, very good, uh, decent children's programmes. Different because obviously, you know, we've moved on in terms of technology. What kids can take, and what they can't, and. And I and I think it's very different, but it's. Still very I think. Good. Do you know what I think? Everyone. I think genuinely, right? Having two boys that well, I've sat through a lot of kids' TV, I think it's better now than it, everyone looks back to the seventies and the eighties. Is like all oh, this this golden age, there, and there was some great stuff. 
a lot of it was rubbish, right? Whereas on your channel, right, you got mm. um, you got Nina doing all the science stuff. You got um, who's that bloke who looks like um, Paul Weller doing the gardening? Mister Turnip. What's his name? <laughs> Mr. Bloom. Mr. Bloom. It does look like Paul Weller, doesn't the it? Party of CBBs. <laughs> you've got that. You've got all the. You've got loads of cooking. Pro- uh, uh, the thing is, and they're educational. And you say that to a kid, they go, mm, but they're actually they're really good fun. The pirate thing. You've got. I think kids TV now, for the main part, is better than it was twenty, thirty years ago. Oh yeah. You got definitely. your stuff well, with the dinosaurs and the you know all of that stuff going on. Yeah. Well, like, like I said, technology's really improved. Kids can take a lot more, and I think we can. You know, do a lot more with um, how engaging uh, we can make programs. Like for Dinosaur Adventures, I mean, what they do, I mean, it's, you know, the guys that do all the VFX, it's like four guys in baseball caps sitting in an office doing it. You know, it, yeah. it's amazing what they do because, you know, you really believe it. I saw one the other day, I was doing a gig the other day and, and, uh, and they rewatched the T Rex episode and I looked at it and the kids were just completely engrossed in oh, it yeah, and, they, yeah. and they really truly do question it. They go, are they? I know dinosaurs aren't real, but are they real? Yeah, I know. It's <laughs> brilliant. Know, so. I'm, I'm going to play. I've got one more question. This is my eldest. I, I couldn't do my youngest. He fell asleep and he was sick in a swimming pool <laughs> yesterday. So this is from my eldest. Hang on. What's your favourite food and what's your favourite colour? Have you been oh. to the moon? What's your favourite country? How much metres tall are you? Bye-bye. <laughs> Thank you. There we go. So there was, uh, there was something to do with his favourite country. You can tell that that's your child, Ian. <laughs> he wants to know, Andy. He's got a quest. He's got a thirst for knowledge. Right, OK. So my favourite food yep. is a roast dinner. Oh, I love roast dinners. Good boy, yeah. Um, my favourite colour is blue. Yep. And that's a bit boring and a bit boy-y, but yep. it is blue. And my favourite currency was it. Um, yeah, well, I think it was country, but what is your favourite currency, just out of interest? <laughs> My favourite currency? Well, I used to, I, I think um, pesetas were, yeah. were underrated. Oh, I, miss, I miss the pesetas. I in the... Spain. And... Yeah. Andy, listen, the, the, it's andyday.tv. Is that the website? That's the one. And if you go on iTunes, you type in Andy and the Odd Socks, you can find the album there, and it's brilliant. Listen, we've got to go. You can come on whenever you want, boss. Just uh, and <laughs> he sent me, The reason he's on now is because he sent me a text in April talking about some charity, right? And I didn't reply oh, to it. And I yes. found it the other day. And I was like, oh, no, I didn't reply. How's that school you know, day in Africa doing? I spent in a corner crying over that. <laughs> and it's always a pleasure. You come on any time you want, oh, boss. Best of luck. Yeah. Take care, mate. Cheers, mate. Bye-bye. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. On the M11, there are delays southbound from Junction 8 for Bishop Stalford to 9 for Saffron Walsham because of an accident involving two lorries and a car. Also on the M1 southbound, it's very slow after an accident earlier between Junction 12 for Flittick and the Toddington services with queues reaching back to Junction 13 for Bedford. And northbound now, there's been an accident, so two lanes have been closed on the M1 northbound between Junction 13 for Bedford and Milton and 14 for Milton Keynes. On the A421 in Brogborough, it's very slow westbound because of those problems on the M1 between Junction 13 for the M1 and Milton Keynes South. And in Luton on the A6, there are long delays because of an accident between Great Grant Bramington Road and Church Road. There's also mud on the road this morning and it's causing delays back from Higham Road. In Clophill, it's busy on the A6 Bedford Road approaching the temporary traffic lights at Clophill. And on the Gore Hill in Amersham, it's busy southbound between the A413 and the A40 London Road. Samantha Braff, BBC Three Counties Radio. Sammy, thank you very much. We're going to go straight to the weather with Kate. Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. 
A chilly start this morning and a chilly day. We've got a northeasterly breeze, which is just taking the edge off the temperatures. One or two showers floating around, but many places have sunshine this morning, and that's really the story of the day. It's a mixed bag, one or two showers possible. Bright spells, sunny spells, but also some cloud. Temperatures struggle because of that breeze. We're looking at around 13 Celsius as a maximum temperature. Overnight tonight, we'll see some clearer spells, uh, especially towards the west, but towards the east, maybe a bit more cloud, maybe one or two showers through there but if you have got the clear skies it is going to feel colder five celsius the minimum so a chilly start for wednesday one or two showers around but some sunny spells by the afternoon the northeasterly breeze continues or persists tomorrow maximum temperature 13 celsius that's your forecast thank you very much guys sit back and relax i want to tell you a story This Friday, our short story season launches here on BBC Three Counties Radio. The sunlight suddenly shone too brightly. A season dedicated to great stories written by you. Veins rippled innocently on the turquoise floor of the pool. And brought to life by us. The sultry afternoon air suffocated us in its heavy blanket. Short story season starts this Friday with Nick Coffer here on BBC Three Counties Radio. Local and vocal breeze, across breeze. beds, hearts and bucks. <laughs> this is Ian Lee. Wow. BBC Three Counties Radio. Honestly. First hour and the first hour and forty minutes of the show was flaccid. Then it kind of picked up about twenty to eight. And then the last fifty minutes, what a what a roller coaster. What a roller coaster. Unbelievable. Um, we've talked about prostitutes, we've talked about kids' albums, we've also talked about care homes and cameras in care homes. Um, it's kind of one that pops up, you know, every now and then we kind of get that. And I had an interesting chat with Nadra Ahmed, chair of the National Care Association, who um, um, I, I kind of disagree with a significant amount of what she said. Steve's in Hatfield. Morning, Steve. Good morning to you. What would you like to say, boss? Uh... It actually upset me this morning listening to that. I mean, I'm 57 years old. It actually brought me to tears. My mum was in a care home, and she constantly kept telling me that one of the one of the women in there was being horrible to her. Now, my mum suffered with PSP, which is it's a horrible illness in itself. What's PSP? I don't know what that is. It's a, it's what Dudley Moore died of. It, it's oh. it's a horrible, it's De- a horrible degenerative horrible. type thing. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. 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 Oh, blimey. Now, and I didn't believe her. And I honestly just, you know, just, you know, because of the care home saying, oh, no, she's, you know, she's just making it up. I mean, she did love two or three of them in there. She absolutely adored them. Yeah. But this specific one, and I didn't, and I wish, I was actually installing CCTV at the time, so I did for living. And I didn't put uh, cameras in there. Yeah. And you think, and I, I mean, I wish she's gone now. She's passed away. And it got quite horrific. I mean, towards the end of it, they, she fell over and broke her left arm. Two oh, weeks later, she fell over and broke her right. And you, it now goes through my head when I hear things like this. Were they doing something wrong? Was I? Should I have done something at the time? And the lady that was on earlier from the association, yeah. she, when she says to me and quotes money, I'm sorry, that really annoyed the pants off of me. I mean, I do, I do a job. I deliver people's food to their houses. If I just opened the door and threw it at their front doorstep, and then my excuse was, well, I don't get paid enough money to do it properly. Yeah, you can't use that as an excuse. I guess the argument, because they do get paid really badly, these carers, I guess an, an argument would, would be that if you were able to pay more money, it would um, uh, it would attract better caring people, if you know what I mean. 
Yeah, and yeah, I'm, try- no, I'm, I'm trying to tread carefully because most most of the carers at my mum's care home are brilliant, brilliant people. They go above and beyond, and they are caring. Apart from this dodgepot that still works there, the nick ninety quid off her, we've got no idea it was. And like you, my mum's got MS, and she gets very, very confused. And she was telling me about stuff going on before, and I just thought, oh, mum, you, 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 you know, she she gets lost in fantasy yeah. a little bit. Looking back, I should have, I didn't pipe up because I trusted everyone. I pipe up on every single thing now, every single thing. Everything. I mean, you know, when you say about this some brilliant ones in it, I mean, my, I always remember once, and I'll tell you a quick funny story. Go on. My mum phoned me up one day, um, and she, she sounded like she was in pain. She's on the phone. It's, uh, 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 she's giving all this on the phone. And I jumped in the car and went around there like a bat out of hell. Uh-oh. Um, she's crying. She's crying because she's laughing ahead of one of the carers was giving her a bath and fell in the bath with her. Fantastic. And she, and she was she was absolutely in distraught with laughter. Yeah. And, but I mean, so there are some lovely carers. It's funny, I bumped into the carer the other day in the town, and it's like it's always a story that I'll always remember. Yeah. So there are brilliant ones out there. But when she was telling me all these things, and I'm I'm sort of putting it off to her illness. Was I right? Was I wrong? And that's what upset me this morning. Was thinking. Oh, mate. Because you always think to yourself, did you do the right thing? Did you do the right we, thing? Listen, and... listen, we could always, and I'm kind of lumping myself with you, we could always do better, but we, we, we're doing and we did the best that we can. And that's it. And yeah. that's that. And you know what? She, you loved her and, um, you know, you, you did everything you could at the time. And that's fine. And, you know, try not to get too but, upset about it, Steve. But just, just the thing on the cameras, I mean, why... The cameras are there to protect the staff as well, not just to protect the, the people in there. So why there are the cameras installing them? Yeah, there you go. It both ways. The fuss I had to kick up, right, when this money went missing, right, and to get them to get into every room in this this home's got a safe in it, right, and to get to the safe, you have to go and sign out a key, and you go in and you open the safe. Blah, blah, blah. Well, someone obviously hadn't signed out the key and just went and did it. And I said, right, well, why don't you put a camera on the the box that's got the keys in? Oh, we couldn't do that. I said, oh, why not? Oh, it would be it would be infringement of civil liberties and all this stuff. And I kicked up a stink, and in the end, they put a camera. Just on the box where the keys are, so they would have a, a, an accurate record of who took the keys out and when they took the keys out. Simple, simple. And it's and that stops instantly, doesn't it? it everything stops instantly. Because we had the same problem with my mum because we were giving them cash. Yeah. Um, and they kept phoning me up saying, "Oh, you know, she needs some more cash in her pot." And I said, "Just out of interest, can I have receipts for this money you're spending?" Funny enough, I didn't have to put so much cash in there after that. Yeah, isn't it funny? And I get a phone call now because I got power. I could talk to you all day, Steve. We should go out for coffee. I got power of attorney, yeah, right? I got power of attorney, which means basically oh, I'm in charge of every decision to do with her health and with her money. Uh, and this was mentioned to the staff, and the staff went, "Sorry, what does power of attorney mean?" Oh. That's what you're dealing with, Steve. I've got to move on. Listen, I, I could talk to you all day. Thank you very much indeed. I've got to move on from one geezer to another geezer. Morning, Just. Good morning, boss. What an hour of radio we've had, huh? Fantastic. We've had the highs and we've had the lows. Time is of the essence, and this is imp- this is an important piece that you've put together. We we do flippant mm. stuff. We do light stuff. This is um, we, there was a, a list in the papers: the twentiest um, influential women. You've yeah. come up with uh, what we call this today, Just. Uh, we have called this Women of Strength. Uh, that was uh, influenced by Dennis in Dunstable, who phoned up and said, Barbara Streisand, you know what? What a woman of strength. Yep. So you say, go onto the streets and find out people's ladies of strength. We've done that with a special ladies' perspective. Here we go. All the ladies in the house. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Mm. The, the ladies, the ladies. The ladies. The ladies. The ladies' perspective with J-Dog. <laughs> Hashtag women of strength. What about you, madam? Strong women. Um, I don't know. Um, Carol. 
Carol. From EastEnders. <laughs> <laughs> Are you two winding me up? Come on. No, no. Women of strength, Carol from EastEnders. Oh, she had cancer, didn't she? Yeah, so. but, yeah, but she's, a, she's a character from a soap. I know. We were, <laughs> come on, real women of strength. Um, Carol Vodderman. What? Yep. <laughs> I look up to her. Amna, women of strength. Lorraine Kelly. She is. Do you know what I like about Lorraine Kelly? Not only is she a woman of strength, not only is she respected, but she is goddamn hot. She is, God me. <laughs> and I like the way she, like, on TV, she tells you a lot of things, like she explains yeah, it more. She explains it in she, detail, yeah. yeah. It's better because if I watch normal TV, then really, yeah. you know. She's got the strength to tell stories yeah. in that way. She says it in a more interesting way that gives me, a, yeah. you know. Linda Lasardi. I'm going to take that one. Thank you very much. <laughs> Strength. I would actually say J-Lo. Jennifer Lopez? No, 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 no. Uh, what's the other lady? Jessie J. What she's been going through and everything, and I yeah. think she's got strength. Yeah, do you know what? Yeah. Fantastic answer. Yeah. Appreciate that vibe. Thank you, madam. It's okay, thank you. <laughs> How could you confuse um, J-Lo with Jessie J? <laughs> a carol from EastEnders. I mean, that is an absolute classic. That really is. Wowzers, wowzers. A- excellent list, mate. And, ex- and you, didn't, you didn't demean it at all by talking about the hotness of some of those women. No, I mean, Lorraine Kelly, for me, I have to say, I mean, she is a proper, a real 10 out of 10. Speak to you tomorrow, Just. Oh no, I won't. I'm not. I'm not in tomorrow. I've got the day off. I'm bunking off. Fingers crossed, Kath is back. Otherwise, Dealey's doing the show. Oh, do you know what? It's a nightmare. It's an absolute nightmare. Thank you, Danny. Thank you, Kelly. Thank you, Justin. Get well soon, Kath and family. And breathe. And breathe. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. There's a lane closed on the M11 southbound between Junction 9 for South Malden and 8 for Bishop Stortford because of an accident. Whilst on the M1 southbound, it's very slow from Junction 13 for Bedford to the Toddington services after an accident earlier involving two lorries and a car, but all the lanes are open again. And northbound on the M1, there's still a lane closed between Junction 13 for Bedford and 14 for Milton Keynes after another accident. But in both directions, in Luton on the A6, there are long delays approaching the uh, between the Great Browningham Lane and Church Road because of an accident and some mud that's on the road and in Brogborough on the A421 there are queues approaching the M1 junction 13 for Milton Keynes and that's not helped by those problems on the M1 on Gore Hill in Amersham it's very slow between the A413 and London Road and on the trains there's no reported problems but there are still severe delays on the Metropolitan Line and the Hammersmith and City Line Samantha Bruff, BBC Three Counties Radio Thank you Sammy, excellent stuff and as always thanks for your patience in us jigging around and it was one of those shows one of those shows Oh, I need a good lie down after that. Blimey. JVS is up next until tomorrow at six from some of us. Ta-ta. Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Ian. Good morning. Welcome to the JVS Show. I'm Jonathan Vernon-Smith. It's Tuesday. It's nine o'clock and on today's big phone-in, should David Cameron step in to stop Carl Andre being lashed in Saudi? A 74-year-old British man who has put in prison for making homemade wine in Saudi Arabia has been sentenced to 360 lashes. 
Carl Andre, who is caught transporting the wine in his car by the Saudi religious police, has already served more than a year behind bars. His family say he's an old asthmatic man, he's already survived three types of cancer, and they fear the lashes could kill him. Well, this morning we'll hear from one of his sons and his daughter. They want David Cameron to personally stop their dad being lashed. But I want to hear your thoughts on this this morning. Should David Cameron step in to stop Carl Andre being lashed in Saudi? Here's my telephone number for your call. It's 03459 455 555. This is the JVS Show on BBC Three Counties Radio. I'll take your call in just a second, but first let's get the latest BBC News at nine o'clock. Here's Simon Oxley. The headlines, staff suspended at Bedfordshire Nursing Home, pensioner missing in Bucks Village and Luton MP wants clamp down on prostitution. BBC Three Counties Radio. Six members of staff from a Bedfordshire nursing home have been suspended whilst investigations are carried out into alleged poor care after a camera was hidden in an elderly resident's room. The daughters of 85-year-old Matilda da Silva say hiding a camera above her wardrobe at Crossways Nursing Home in Renhold was a last resort following concerns about staff behaviour Elizabeth de Silva is one of the elderly woman's daughters. The area management have watched this footage, so have social services, and it was the footage that gave them enough cause to suspend six staff. So I don't think we have been reacting okay. overly because, you know, it's our mum. Police in Aylesbury Vale are searching for a 71-year-old man who went missing in the early hours of this morning. Ivor Brent went missing from his home address in Stukeley at around 20 past midnight. He's white, approximately 5 foot 6 inches tall, of medium build with short dark grey hair. He was wearing grey trousers, a t-shirt and trainers. The family of a British man who's in prison in Saudi Arabia have said they fear for his life after he was told he would face more than 360 lashes. Carl Andre, who is 70 is serving a 12-month sentence for possessing homemade wine, which is illegal in Saudi Arabia. Fire crews have tackled a blaze at a house in Stevenage this morning. It broke out downstairs at the property in Cromdale Walk. Hearts Fire and Rescue Service say the occupants were alerted by a smoke alarm and were able to escape. Luton South MP Gavin Shuka will tell the Commons today that more time is spent on bringing sex workers to court than on those who are exploiting them. Mr Shuka says between 2013 and 15, more than 1,000 faced soliciting and loitering charges, whereas less than 500 were prosecuted for curb crawling. But he accepts that residents in problem areas in Luton just want the women off the streets. I've argued consistently over the last five or six years for more police resources to be put into the problem, simply to target the men that are coming in very often from outside.